All right, welcome everybody to episode 63 of the RF Generation Collector Cast, or the the Neo Geo Cast, as we're going to call this one, because it's Woo. time to be bigger, better, and better. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the show to end all shows. We are top all dogs the mega today. That's right. It's like three thousand mega shock uh, that we're doing it all in one show. But uh, we've wanted to do this one for a while. I think you've heard us talk about it. We're excited to talk about some some Neo Geos of all kinds. Um, but as usual, we're going to start off by saying hello to everybody and see what's new. So, Bill, I, I you know, obviously those at home can't see. We have the show doc that we, we go from. But I'm going to pick on Bill first simply because the first thing he has on his list, I'm, I'm hoping that's not personal, Bill. No, it's not. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just taking notes of like, you know, like what's been going on in my life? Like, what can I just chat about? Because, you know, me, I get going and then I forget where I started. So, um, but yeah, the first thing I have on my little uh, updates here is just losing teeth. Um, so it's not me losing teeth. Uh, my Thank oldest God. lost his first tooth. Um, Congratulations. Kind of, thank you. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, for parents, you know, you have like all these firsts, right? Like the first steps and the first words. So like we've never had a kid lose a tooth. So like and I feel like it's been months. Like it's been kind of like, you know, every day you're like, it can't get any looser than that and not fall out. And then like another day comes and it is looser and hasn't fallen out. So uh, Callahan uh, uh, pulled the tooth out last night after I brushed his teeth, and uh, he was he was thrilled. Like I thought it was going to be put off by the sight of blood, but we just you know we dabbed it away, and he was fine. Took a bunch of pictures, you know, and he was like, "So is the tooth fairy going to come?" I was like, "Yeah, it's, yeah." After you go to sleep, and he ran to his bedroom, and he like got under the covers, and he like closed his eyes. We're like, "Do you want to read a story or anything?" He's like, "No, I have to go to sleep so the tooth fairy can come." <laughs> So it was just a fun, you know, just one of those, you know, one of those parent moments where, like, you have one of those firsts. Uh, so it was uh, worth mentioning, even though it's not a video game or Neo Geo adjacent. Well, um, uh, it's funny. He lost the tooth the other day. So I understand. Neo Geo, so. Exactly. <laughs> so it all, it's like curb your enthusiasm. It all comes back. When we were kids, <laughs> it was like a couple of bucks, like a dollar or something for a tooth race. So it's inflation-wise, you give them, what, 500 Oh yeah, it's uh, uh, pesos. Uh, sounds, so yeah, it's um, exactly. So like, and he he asked too. Like, uh, and my mom, uh, she loves pulling teeth. She always has. Like when, ah. we, when we were kids, uh, there's it's video. A weird thing to love. Yeah, yeah, right. Like she, but you know how like I don't know if your wives are like this, but like my wife is like like a picker. Like any anything like like oh can I can I get that can I pinch that no. can I, can I, like, do you have a splinter can I pull that out like yeah she what? wants to be like the surgeon. Um, and, uh, it's just always how she's been. My mom always loved pulling teeth. So like <laughs> if you had a loose tooth, she, like she, we have, we have home video of me saying of like, you know, my dad, you know, you're trying to like get the kids to say something cute. So he's like, Oh, like, tell me about, you know, today what happened. And I was like, Oh, like, here's my loose tooth. And then I do an impression of my mom on this home video. I'm like, yeah, mom said, uh, I'll give you a dollar if you let me pull your tooth out. And like we showed my kids this old video, uh, and uh, so like they do the voice too with uh, you know like doing their impression of me. But uh, yeah, like my mom was always if we had a loose tooth, she was like, "Can I pull it out?" So <laughs> wow. she would pay you to pull it out, and then to throw yes. you after tooth. So you got paid exactly, wow. exactly. We double dipped on our on our tooth uh, <laughs> tooth extraction. That's creepy. So um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember getting you know like couple of quarters you know maybe like a buck two bucks you know like tops i don't really remember but uh you know so we figure 
you know, we've given the kids have done chores here and there, and like we'll give them a reward, and they have a you know a bank, they know how much money they have. Um, so uh, we fit well, it can't be just like a dollar, you know, like they probably won't care about a dollar. So like let's let's have it be five bucks, because you also have to worry about setting precedent. Like you know, there's a lot of, a lot of teeth in that head. <laughs> so and a lot of kids with teeth. Yeah, right. They got a couple more uh, coming up behind them. So um, uh, so we did we did five bucks, and Sarah she loves doing little crafty things. So she made on her computer like a little uh, tooth fairy receipt. And like sprinkled like glitter on it, <laughs> so wrapped it up in a little string, put it under his pillow. So he woke up, he ran into bed this morning. He's like, "Oh, Dad, the tooth fairy gave me five dollars." So he opened it up, and the receipt—it's like it's like you know, a tooth fairy, uh, you know, like uh, received one tooth, uh, uh, price five dollars for first tooth. So like now we can oh. like fall back and uh, you know maybe do a buck for the rest of them. And uh, it was like there was like feedback, <laughs> so it was like. It was like uh, uh, like uh, quality of brushing satisfactory, <laughs> quality of flossing needs improvements. So we're like, oh, buddy, Tooth Fairy says we gotta floss more. So yeah, if you but get yeah. the buck next time and write flossing sucked, then <laughs> do five dollar floss the time after that. Ex- exactly. So so yeah, so that was fun, and uh, it's it's crazy. Like he looks like a different kid. I mean, it look really look like a different kid when like the adult teeth start coming into that tiny little head. But uh, but yeah, with the uh, you know, just talking to him now with like the hole in his mouth. It's it's just just a fun time. So uh, so that that was the first thing on my list there. I just have a couple other little things uh, noted here. Um, I just uh, I have uh, Lego uh, mentioned here. Um, I haven't picked up anything. Well, actually, I I had picked something up before. I just hadn't put it together yet. So one of them is the Lego treehouse that we threw together. Um, that was a lot of fun. And every year they put out a different winter village uh, theme uh, build. This year it's the Winter Village Fire Station, so we put that together at my parents' house on Thanksgiving, uh, so that was fun. The Coliseum has been released, um, so that's a cool-looking set. I've, I'm not personally interested. It's too big. It's I don't have anywhere to display it. Um, I think I might have mentioned uh, before, like until they come out with like a Russell Crowe uh, Lego minifigure, uh, you know, fighting Joaquin Phoenix, I, I probably wouldn't have, uh, you know, any, any interest in uh, anything like that. But uh, uh, besides that, the games that have been going on in the house, um, the boys are still uh, rocking Game Pass games. Uh, they they love Plants vs Zombies, Garden Warfare, and Garden Warfare 2. They have discovered that Plants for the Plants vs Zombies Battle for Neighborville is on Game Pass. I actually haven't looked this up. I don't know if this is newer or older than Plants vs Zombies, Garden Warfare, but uh, they love it, and just, you know, exploring around, shooting stuff, upgrading guys, you know, like, getting legendary skins, you know, like, things that I never would have imagined caring about when I was a kid, like, they care about deeply, so it's, uh, I don't know much about Fortnite, but I know that, like, unlockables and skins and cosmetics, like, are, are a big part of that, um, not just, like, the the fun things that people like unlocking, but also like status symbols. When you look at other players who are like, Oh, like they've got that skin. And I'm sure that extends to many, many games. Like I know counter-strike is big with skins and probably like uh, league of legends. Yeah. Overwatch. But yeah. Yeah. So, um, I haven't, I'm not really familiar. Like destiny has, you know, they don't call them skins. They call them, uh, for well, weapons, they have and... the real life skins when you get the T-shirt for doing. The... Exactly, yeah, you skin yourself. <laughs> so they have, uh, they call them uh, um, for weapons. They call them ornaments, um, and for uh, I think they uh, ornament mainly call them ornaments. And there might be there might be another. I don't really pay attention to that stuff because I don't I don't care. But 
Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting seeing them care about that stuff. And um, my younger son is still, or middle son rather, is still super into Breath of the Wild. Um, they have found my save file, so they love just loading it up with like a ton of hearts and a ton of uh, uh, equipment. And just, you know, experimenting with, like, you know, making potions and climbing with the climber's gear on. And uh, um, they just love stats. So, like, they'll kill, you know, like, Dad, I killed a guardian. It was a major test of strength. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, because when you go down, it'll say, like, a, like a modest, uh, you know, like Minor, a, a me- yeah. Mo- yeah. moderate test of strength. Moderate test of strength, yeah. yeah. So, um, th- there's, Dad, you got to help me find the major test of strength. So, I found one for him. And he was, like, struggling with it for a while. And like he was like, you gotta help me. How do I do this? And I'm like, oh well, I think I think there's like a deflect. Like you can like parry, you know, like if you time it the right way. So I like loaded up a YouTube video and showed him. So now like he's like he'll just go up to like a guardian, and just practice. Just boom! He's like, oh, I got him with one hit. I'm like, good for you, man. That that's a skill that'll go not just other places in this game, but other games as well. He's, he can be Dark he can be a Souls, Souls boy. Yeah, he's gonna be a Souls boy. <laughs> so um. Yeah. So and but it's it's so funny and it's because uh, uh, they know, like they, they you know they've kind of learned all the lore and like you know what things are called because it, it used to be like oh those flying things in the sky but now they know they're divine beasts and they know that they're you know aiming at you know Hyrule Castle and, and Ganon so they want me to beat the game for them. I'm like, no, you guys got to get good enough to beat it. So Cameron brings the switch to me like ten times today. He's like, Daddy, I want you to beat Commandity Gammon. He's like, what? He's like, I want you to be Calamity Gammon. He's like, oh, Calamity Gannon. He's like, yes, Calamity Gammon. So I was like, uh, I want you. So I like showed him a little bit. I gave him like the first step. It was like, this is how you would attack him. And he was like, oh, and then he like grabs it and takes it back. So, so yeah, we actually had a good long while. We weren't planning on playing games for, you know, hours uh, today. But uh, one of my wife's errands went unexpectedly long, uh, changed the tires on the car, took a while just for, you know, whatever reasons that takes. Um, so uh, I ended up, Caden uh, uh, was napping for most of the time, but then, you know, the boys were just playing Plants vs. Zombies. I snuck downstairs for a little Destiny, uh, which I've been playing uh, now that I've, you know, carved out some time, uh, budgeted some time for it. I've uh, made it through the campaign. Uh, and then, like most Destiny games or expansions, once the campaign is over, you have like all the post-campaign stuff. So, like a lot of other quest lines open up, a lot of different uh, gameplay loops open up. Um, so, uh, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Like the campaign itself wasn't wasn't bad. It was just like I kind of got like halfway through it, and I was like, all right, like it's a campaign. You know, it's not you know uh, blowing the doors off or anything, but like now that the campaign's over and I get the story and now it's kind of like opening the world up, it's really starting to, uh, to kind of show me like what it's all about. So had some fun with that the last few days and I convinced my kids to add another couple of games to the queue. We threw a uh, Jedi fallen order, uh, onto the download queue, uh, which very recently added to game pass. I'll probably uh, play it when it gets added to ultimate, sometime in december which i believe doom eternal is also getting added to pc sometime in december so uh hopefully that uh, yeah it's already on console um and they said they were trying for like a simultaneous pc console release they just couldn't make it work so um but yeah uh doom eternal and um uh, jedi fallen order are my two game pass picks for december Hopefully they don't interfere too much with uh, Cyberpunk, because once Cyberpunk hits, I assume that's going to be 
what's going to be playing uh, if I'm in front of the machine. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of uh, most of my updates. I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Well, we'd sit here and, and you know, it just hit me while you were talking. You guys just said something. I didn't realize my camera wasn't on. We're sitting here talking forever. And, and for a while. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And then, well, I, I just figured, like, okay, because my camera has been working the last few times. So I figured, oh, like maybe he just doesn't have the camera on. But I, you, you came to life like halfway through talking there. And then I, I felt so much better. I was like, there he is. Well, I wonder because I, you know, I, I talk with my hands sometimes. And I'm like, are they see in the Wii? No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, no, they're not. I like the background. Um, Good choice. <laughs> so, um,. I, you know, with the stuff that goes on with the kids, you know, with the teeth and everything, like I said, I, Eden just lost a tooth the other day as well. I mean, not her first tooth, but mm-hmm. it's funny because we were talking about tooth fairies, and I don't know why, but she's already lost a couple teeth. She um, she wanted to save them up. Like, she didn't want to give them to the tooth fairy right away. She's like, I want to save them. So she's like, put them somewhere, and then she lost them. So with this one, she's like, oh, dad, I, you know, I lost my teeth and I can't, you know, I said, well, look, you put this one in the thing and, you know, we'll see what happens there. So, of course, we had to put like extra money in there like, oh, Tooth Fairy found all your teeth, <laughs> collected them early. Don't you're, you're not worried she's going to find it. them now after you paid it. Maybe she's <laughs> scamming you. Maybe she had them the whole time. Maybe, but talking about teeth, that's what reminded me of that. I was like, "That's too funny." First, Bobby was like, "No, nah, I'm just going to put the regular money in for the tooth," and I'm like, "No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you got to cover all the teeth." <laughs> you guys ever watch um, Channel Zero? I don't even know what that is. So Channel Zero is a uh, anthology series on I can't remember which network, but if you Google it, you'll find out which network it's on. But um, it's basically um, so season one was Candle Cove. Which is this like um, like a creepypasta uh, story that's been around for a while um, on the internet, and so um, uh, you know basically so like it, being an anthology series for those who don't know, one season is like one entire story arc, and then like the next season of Channel Zero, completely different characters, completely different story arc, kind of the way Fargo is if you ever watch the Fargo TV series. Like each season is like a self-contained story. So in the first season of Channel Zero, this like creepypasta show. The monster, like the, I wouldn't say main antagonist, uh, but like the the monster of the show, is made of teeth. <laughs> so I can't unsee it. Like whenever I think like, there's like loose teeth, and then like you pull a tooth out, so like basically this monster would like come <laughs> crawling out of like the woods and stuff, and like take the tooth and like add it to itself. <laughs> But yeah, if you want to have a nightmare tonight, just just Google Channel Zero, <laughs> and oh, you'll see that you'll see the Tooth Monster. But you, you uh, mentioned your kids are getting into Teen Titans Go before the call too. There is a great I, Tooth Fairy episode of Teen Titans Go where the Tooth Fairy really? is just this real disturbing creep who enjoys eating the teeth that he collects. Oh, um, you should watch that with the kids. It is very very funny. Yeah, the um. So yeah, me and uh, Kelsey, because uh, uh, Kelsey has purchased uh, many, many uh, uh, graphic novel uh, books lately. Uh, mostly Batman, but I think he mentioned there's like a couple other uh, uh, stragglers in there. Um, but yeah, we were talking comics and and mo- mainly Batman before starting up, and we we're just kind of getting recommendations on you know how do you get a good. I've been asking a while for Azrael, so we finally found a really interesting Azrael book and uh, some Ra's al Ghul stuff in there. And um, but yeah, it's uh. uh you mentioned Teen Titans, 
And it, it reminded me that, yeah, Callahan had just recently, I, he mentioned something. And I was like, what's that from? And he's like, oh, it's from Teen Titans. So I guess he's seen it on TV or, like, gotten the book out of the library or something. So, but, yeah, the fact that, like, now that I know he's into it, I'm like, okay. Like, this opens up, like, a whole new avenue of, uh, of, of stuff that we can explore together. So that should be fun. And, we'd, and we, uh, we're we going to start the Batman uh, animated series. I've, uh, I showed them, like, the first episode. Uh, Cat in the Claw, and uh, they, I was like, "You want to watch more?" And they were like, "Yeah." So that's not, that's that's... not the first episode. Uh, first episodes on, on Leather Wings with uh, Man Bat. Batman animated. That, that's in the first season for sure, and it's an early one. But then maybe it was just the way they were numbered in the in the download that I got. Uh, I've because so. I've been rewatching that recently, actually, from start. Media, TV. Whatever you say, Puddin. <laughs> nice Paul. Nice Paul. Yeah, in the in the so yeah, it's uh in the what do you call it? In the like the folder I've got them in, season one, episode one shows up as Cat in the Claw. So if that's out of order, then I will defer to your Batman knowledge. Yeah, because I had the DVDs forever, and it's always been on Leather Wings. And then mm. I just recently upgraded to Blu-ray and been watching the whole series, and it's the same thing. Mm. So I gotcha. think that's the airing order. It it does feel like a weird first episode though because it's like just right in the middle of everything. Yeah, maybe the uh, maybe they just had a different order on the Canadian broadcast. But yeah, you're right. The the wiki lists on Leather Wings as the first. So yeah, just might be just something weird about the uh, uh, the the file that I got. So but yeah, on Leather Wings is number one. Let's blame whoever did to put that torrent together. It's I know. Bad bad news. To teach you not to go on the Pirate Bay. They mix up the Batman order. <laughs> they, they must, but I got Kids my It's going to be Nord, so confused growing up. I got, I got my Nord VPN, so uh, <laughs> no one's going to know. Hey, you can't talk about that until they sponsor us, okay? I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of, we'll have some more on that later. <laughs> uh, so what's uh so what's up in your neck of the woods, Kelsey? Um, like Bill said, lots and lots of Batman reading, and I've been rewatching the animated series on Blu-ray, which I've I've only really seen the first season before, so I'm I'm starting to get into the new episodes, which I'm very excited about because it's it's new Batman content for me, so it's pretty awesome. Um, but gaming related, um, I think I mentioned last time I was looking forward to playing Little Hope with some friends. I caught up on Man of Medan. Um, so we got together one night and did, did a little hope and we got about 75% the way through it, I think. And it was such a fun night. Um, cause I don't know if you've, you've played any of those, uh, games, uh, I think super massive, I think does them, uh, the dark pictures yeah. anthology. So I know Yahtzee Croshaw really panned them hard. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but they have this fun mode. Like they're, they're, they're kind of like, uh, they're very story driven. Um, it's all about decision-making like the, you know, like the old telltale games or, or, uh, like heavy rain style, like that, that kind of game, but they're horror movie themed. So they're not, they're not high art. They're, they're, they're silly jump scares and gore and stuff like that. Um, but they've got this multiplayer mode that is fantastic where there there's typically four to five characters that are controllable and you can assign them to different players. So it'll say when, when Kelsey's turn comes up, he is always this person and when your buddy shows up, you know, he's always this person. And so all, all the people I'm playing with are big horror movie buffs. Um, I'm, I like horror games. I don't particularly like horror movies, though. 
So, so as soon as we start, they're all like, well, that's, you know, final girl and that's, you know, the bitchy old lady. And, and so they, they kind of like stereotype them all into these things they know from, from horror movies and they play like them. They, ha- that they way. have the archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, and, and their, their rule is like kind of role play it. So you, if you want to be a specific type of character, like you go nuts and it doesn't matter if that's going to end up in someone else's death or not. Like that's how you want to play it and we'll see how it conflicts later on. So having a real, real fun time with that. And we were supposed to go and do it again the following Sunday, but then our COVID cases in my province uh, started skyrocketing. So they did a lockdown uh, a little tighter than we have in the past. So we had to postpone that. So I'm hoping maybe not tomorrow, but the next Sunday after that, I'm hoping we can get back together again and, and keep going and finish that off. Cause it was such a blast, such a good time. Um, it's like a like I'm not a big horror guy because I have a hard time with the uh, supernatural kind of horror usually, and that's what the game is. But I'm just going with the flow and having fun. And there's like time travel and witches and like Silent Hill mist, and it's it's silly, but it's it's a lot of fun. So, what kind of character have you chosen to play? So we didn't assign characters; we decided randomly pick for us. So I am like the young girl who uh she's pretty uh stubborn and headstrong um so she doesn't really have any friends but she's secretly dating like the handsome muscular dude around there so we've we've got a a side romance going on that nobody knows about yet (laughs) okay yeah all right and when we last played uh we got separated just the two of us so it's it's really funny (laughs) because yeah one of my buddies is like you know, we're trying to hit on each other's characters while we're playing to build the romance. You know, if you have sex, you die. That's the way that that's the rules. I've been a, trying. I hard. haven't had the opportunity yet. <laughs> You're dead. That's yeah. the way the rules work. I was going to say, too, I don't think um, when we did our lapse, last episode, I don't think your PlayStation showed up yet. It didn't. I had some shipping issues. Um, finally got my PlayStation 5 since then. Um, so I've been playing some Spider-Man Miles Morales with my boy and some Astro's Playroom with my girl and love both of them so much. Have you had a chance to play Astro's Playroom yet? I've not played it, but Maddie and Eden played it for a while and they were getting a real, real kick out of it. They really enjoyed it. You should try it. Like it's not a time consuming game. Um, it's pretty sure. I watched them play. No, but you, you need to feel the controller while you play that one. You can't just watch them play it because it is awesome. It's okay. it's really really great, really good showcase for it. And and if you, I found this out after, so I went back and tested it, and it's fantastic. If you turn off the mic, it like mm-hmm. it enhances all of the features that the controller can do. That and that's for every game. Apparently, it, it like as soon as you have the mic on, it sets all the like rumbles and the triggers to like moderate. But if you turn it off, it boosts them. You can go into the settings and boost them mm-hmm. too, but it's still adjust them if you have the mic on is it because the mic will pick up on them if they're like that or is it because of battery i think it's because the mic will pick up and and interfere with some stuff i didn't even think about any of that i just kind of assumed that the mic would be off unless you had a game that needed to use it because like obviously like demon souls doesn't use a mic it autos it on it's really weird so that just that little button in the middle that's underneath the playstation button that's like on and off toggle for the mic Mm. okay all right yeah. try it even with demon souls it might <clears throat> might make a difference there too it might i mean it's pretty traditional rumble but like i said it does use the the speaker a lot yeah 
Um, um, but yeah, Astro, like, beyond just, like, being really fun, cute, uh, the controller's really cool, um, there's all this, like, amazing PlayStation history in it that's just super fun. Like, there's levels based on each era. So there's, like, the PlayStation 1 level and the PlayStation 2 level. You'll find little Easter eggs. Like, there's a, you know, Jumping Flash and Bushido Blade in the PlayStation 1 area. And there's, you know, like, Shadow of the Colossus and uh, mm. Devil May Cry in the PS2 area. And there's, yeah, there's Death Stranding stuff and God of War and Metal Gear Solid and you name it. Like, all over the place, there's these little hidden moments that are just fantastic and the whole time you're collecting like playstation stuff from the past like memory cards and dualshock 2s and playstation i and the multi-tap and all this this stuff it's really neat my kids really enjoyed the monkey levels yeah so those <laughs> were kind of their favorite my daughter because each different area has like a different transformation that like shows off something the controller can do and there's one where you turn into a ball and you just like use the touchpad to like roll the ball around that's my daughter's favorite one just <laughs> rolling the ball into things yeah they've spent a lot of time playing that one they really seem to enjoy it. but you know it's got that mario-esque feel to it it so. totally feels like a nintendo game yeah yes I don't know who they farmed that out to, but they they did it right. I'm I don't know the team's impressed. name, but they like playing Astrobot Rescue Mission and PSVR. Um, it was a really impressive game as well, like super fun and charming, and and made great use of the VR. Like they're they're really good at taking like the hardware and making it interesting and fun and showing you what it can do. Um, so I'm curious, you've got PlayStation VR? Have you hooked it up? Is it any different? Well, I wasn't able to until like a day ago because it doesn't just plug in. You need to go to the Sony's website and put in your serial number and then they send you an adapter. Okay. So I did that. My adapter just showed up. haven't actually tested the VR yet. I just ordered Star Wars Squadrons on Black Friday, uh-huh. um, which is supposed to have a really, really cool VR mode. So as soon as that shows up, that's what I want to test out the VR with. Okay. All right. Well, I'll be curious to hear about it. I don't. I still don't know if that VR is for me, but um, be interested to hear if it's any better. Um, I've no. I. I should know by next show. I should have a little little taste of it at least. You play any old PS4 games? No, I also Black Friday'd myself uh, a nice spanking new OLED. So when that shows up, I think I might throw in either Sekiro or Resident Evil Two. And and see how the backwards compatibility backwards compatibility is on those because I've heard they both got a little bit of a boost. I will tell you, you're really gonna love that TV. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm very excited because it should show up any day now, and Cyberpunk's coming out pretty soon. I bought myself Terminator Dark Fate on 4K Blu-ray to uh, watch on it right away too. So I'm pretty eager to see how it goes. Yeah, OLED is is amazingly fantastic. So I, um, I've always been years and years and years behind on on tech stuff like that. So this is the first time I'm actually like current. That's exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I was playing some Street Fighter Five. That's the only like backwards compatible game I was playing some the other night. And unfortunately, I couldn't really notice much of a difference. I think it's strictly because it kind of has built in like buffers between matches as part of just here's your characters and all of that stuff. So it's not any faster because I guess, you know, that's just how it's built right. for that amount of time to show that stuff. 
So I wasn't able to really test that out, but I'm going to see if I can load up some other games. I've got a few other ones loaded, but I've been so stuck on Demon's Souls that yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing. Sekiro. I was really happy to find out, though, that my um, uh, my Hori Fighting Commander PS4 pad works great with the PS5. No oh, problem. Awesome. Plugged it in. Works perfectly. Cool. Very cool. My, so it doesn't seem like there are any accessory problems. We had the PlayStation downstairs for like probably three days before my wife noticed it and <laughs> gave me quite the look. Uh, yeah, I didn't tell her the size or what it looked like or anything prior to getting it. So I think it was a little jarring when she finally figured out what that monolith was. <laughs> the thing is gigantic and ugly, isn't it? I think it's beautiful, but it is gigantic. Really? Did you do what I did and put your first disc in upside down? Yes. It's so backwards, right? <laughs> yeah, because I've got it standing up, right? Yeah. Like you're supposed to, I guess, because it's too wide to put anywhere else. And yeah, I put it in, and I'm like, huh? And it spits it back out. You're yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. And my, I still have to try to remember. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, now you know, I have to you know, like reach my hand around it hurts this my brain. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Sony people, like, I don't want to use the word fanboy, but it was fanboys, making fun of the the way the xbox one put discs in the case like they're on the other side and like now sony's like okay well we'll do our own weird flippy backwards thing the the case thing though owning a game store that is a real jerk move because yeah. you get a big stack of games in for a whole bunch of systems and you're trying to open the cases really quick and make sure discs are in them and then you're yeah. like oh this one doesn't have oh no you gotta turn it over here yeah there it is yep and it Everybody, slows yep. down the whole process I hate it, it reminds me like i this is a habit i picked up when i worked at the video store years ago in high school but like if some if i was counting usually people aren't paying with like tons of cash but like when you're counting out cash at the end of the night i want all the bills facing the same way so, like, the person I was counting with, they would be counting, and they would flip, and count, 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 flip, 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 flip. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, I just want all the bills the same way. And it just kind of, I started doing that, and, like, other, th- it kind of, like, started me on this, like, you know, organizational journey. <laughs> where, That's why you got to move up here, and it's just color-coded. You don't have to worry about yeah. for numbers. It's green, yep. green, 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 blue, green, blue, purple. Mm. Fine. Good so, stuff. yeah. Um... So anything else happening um, in Canada? Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man I wanted to get back to you as well. Awesome. So good. It, it's really, really solid sequel. Um, played through it twice now. We got the Platinum Trophy just uh, two days ago. So my son played through it the whole first time. I barely touched the controller. And then I knew Game Plus. I did that whole like playthrough. So we both got a run through. And unbelievable. Like it's The story is really solid. And it's a lot less characters than the original one because i don't know if you played the first spider-man game but it's like you know you're like here's electro now here's vulture you know we need uh doc ock in there and black cats there and you know taskmaster and tombstone like they're just really like here's a whole bunch of characters that you know they're really cool to see and some of them are really fun but it just makes the story really messy so this one just had like just a few kept it to like prowler tinkerer and like an, an evil corporation rocks on like that was it oh and rhino rhino was in it too for a bit i didn't haven't heard a green goblin anywhere in there uh he hasn't been in either game but he's been teased in both games they're building mm. to something in a third one with him for sure him venom and the lizard they're like really leaning into now so the, i think they're gonna be part of the next spider-man game okay yeah okay no i haven't played that one i'm i'm not a big into those kind of games 
I know you guys are really into like the Batman and the Spider-Man and all those sure. things, but um, I've heard, yeah, I've heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah. really solid gameplay. The, the web swinging is great. The new abilities with the, uh, they call it Venom, which surprises me because there's a Spider-Man character that everybody loves called Venom. But mm. his like electrical abilities, they, they call it Venom powers. Um, so those are really fun. Uh, he's also got this like uh, camouflage mode where he's basically invisible. So it makes the stealth sections a lot more fun than they were in the original Spider-Man. They were some of the harder like missions. And now that you can like, you have a meter you can build up and like sneak behind people and stuff. Made it made it a lot fun, a little quicker. The boss battles were some of my favorite in, in this game compared to the last one for sure too. And the ending was phenomenal. Really solid. And I can't wait to do, I, I hope the next game is like both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. I hope they don't like, back and forth like i really want both of them now because they're both yeah. fantastic spider-man some spider pig just thrown in there somewhere for fun i'll take it too like he was a highlight of into the spider-verse for sure <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah. um what well, kind of topic adjacent to neo geo is yeah akari warriors <laughs> oh yeah so i mean i, I gotta put this yeah. out there i already talked to these guys but I have completely platinumed Demon Souls, which means I've beaten the game three times over plus <laughs> faster than Kelsey's been able to beat Akari Warriors on the NES, which is four stages, people. It is only four stages. <laughs> that is yeah. how bad he is. That's how bad I am. <laughs> That's how bad that game is. <laughs> I, I remember I, you talking at the last time we were together just about how not fair it is. <laughs> like, it's not even that it's difficult. It's just brutally, it's just brutally mean, not fair. It's a mean game. Yep. Um, so yesterday I had my first run that made it to stage four. And it didn't just make it there. Like I made it a really good way into the level up to the helicopter. And there's these like really glitchy, garbled pieces of like bad coding right around the helicopter that you can blow up as if they're structures. Um, so when you blow up the, the glitches, sometimes they will drop items. And if they drop a fuel drop, usually, usually when you get the helicopter, they're meant to be in places where there's no fuel. So you can drive them for like your 20 seconds and then done. That's it. So if you grab a fuel, it bumps it up to hundred seconds, which gives you enough time to get to spots that always spawn fuel. So you can helicopter through the rest of the stage if you get a lucky fuel drop. So I made it to the helicopter, and I was like, come on. Like, if I get a fuel drop, like, this is the run. Like, we're getting there. I didn't get the fuel drop. So I made it a little ways in with the helicopter, and then I got killed before I made it to the boss. But it was a really good feeling because I hadn't made it to that stage before, and I've been playing for weeks and weeks now. And then I had a, another chance at the end of my night before I went to bed to... Uh, give it another shot and I made it to stage four again. So two times in the same day. So I was super pumped about that. So I haven't had a chance to play today because I picked up an extra shift, but I'm hoping tomorrow or Monday, I'm hoping that this finally done because it's been a while. And I've like, I've, I'm a person who very much enjoys my routine and I have destroyed my routine, altered it for this game. So typically I have like a self-imposed rule where two hours before I go to bed, no screens. And when I wake up bare minimum an hour before I, I look at a screen and my new routine is as soon as I wake up, the switch is beside me. It's saved to stage three on the SNK 40th anniversary collection of Akari warriors. I place through stage three and four before I do anything else every single day. Just so I like those two levels are like 
improving on. So so when I finally get to them, I can I can actually make my way through them. So I, I want to get off that again. So I'm hoping I can finish that game real real soon. Is that tune gonna be burned into your brain for the rest of time? Oh, it already is. <laughs> already. Do you have to leave the game music on the entire time you're practicing, or is it like, is that yeah. something that uh, that I, you're you're sound adamant effects about? Are extremely important in that game. I need to know when things are shooting and exploding and stuff. So yeah, mm. sounds always on. And that does not have the best soundtrack. <laughs> it's not was. the worst soundtrack, but it's one song for the whole time, and like it's not a short game for the style of game it is. Like doing a run through like a no death run through is like 50 minutes to an hour sometime somewhere in that ballpark so yeah i died at like 45 minutes when i did the helicopter run. i was like no so close <laughs> yeah that's painful yeah well i wish you luck um it feels very very doable now like i feel feel so close i feel like it's gonna happen it was still very frustrating last time i talked to you but it's feeling more doable now well, I'm glad somebody has to do it, and it's not me. Have to, have to. Well, um, you know, on my end, I, you know, I talked about the kids and everything. As I just mentioned, I've played a lot of Demon Souls. Been a lot of hours in that game. I, I got the platinum. You know, went through, did the three runs in that. Um, and. I will tell you that going back and creating, you know, I, I started a new character because I want to do it totally different. Um, because the last one was about let's be optimized to beat the game fairly quickly and get everything that I need to get and without being too painful way to do it. And now it's like, I want to try some different, you know, ways to go through and play the game and kind of enjoy some of it and not have to worry about, oh, I have to go get all of these things and do all of these things and et cetera, et cetera. But I will tell you that um, once you've played a few game cycles of New Game Plus, when you go back to the first like regular New Game cycle, it's like this is a cakewalk. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like this is so easy mm. to go through once you've gotten it because it's like I'm used to getting one shotted by like almost everything, mm. and now I mean it's like I feel like I'm a walking tank, <laughs> but. Uh, which is fun. It's fine. I'm not complaining at all. I just, you kind of forget because as you're playing through each time, it's, you know, it's incremental. And, but when you go back, you're just like, whoa, (laughs) it's like such a beat down. Did you make it into that secret door I mentioned last time we talked? No, but I saw that they figured it out. They figured out what it is in the secret door. Um, so so I could do it if I wanted to, I don't care because, uh, the rewards kind of, eh. Oh, that's but, too bad. Um, I thought maybe they'd like tie a trophy to it and force you to do it. No, there's uh, they add a new armor set based off one of the bosses, and that's what it is. And okay. you basically about have to again like play through the game three times to get all these items to get this key to unlock the door that gives you this armor, and it's like, eh, that got figured <laughs> out real quick. Holy. Yeah, it kind of became a thing on the internet, like where everybody was kind of like crowdsourcing and working together. And what they figured it out was that um, in the game, there's this fractured mode, which you may have heard about, which is just, it just flips the game horizontally. It's like 180 degree flip, like mirror image. Mm-hmm. Um, for people that have played the game a lot, give you something a little new, right? It's not muscle memory anymore. 
And what they did is in this, in that mode, in certain circumstances, they hid these coins, these ceramic coins, which are pretty useless on their own. I mean, they say that they'll give you health, but like they really, like me, like one HP or something, they're worthless. Um, and you can't give them to other people because if you drop them for another person, they literally break and you get a broken coin. So they, you know, made sure that you had to do it on your own. And so they finally figured it out. It's, you have to get 26 of these things and then you do a trade, which is, uh, there's a crow. It's a very standard souls kind of thing. And then you can get the key that opens the door. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's very interesting. The armor looks kind of cool, but uh, no, it's not that cool. <laughs> it's not, it's like one of those things, I guess you would do it just to, you know, brag or something, but you need those skins to show your status. It's kind of those things where it's heavy armor anyway. I don't play with heavy armor, so I wouldn't care anyway. Uh, no fat rolling. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> you can't fat roll in a game. That sucks. And you can't play it that way. At least I can't play it that way. So yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, for anybody that's curious and's playing, I'm, I've started up. I'm going for a blue blood sword build, which is um, a sword that um, is um, based on luck. And I always think that's fun because uh, only Dark Souls Three has done a weapon like that. Usually, luck is just something for item drops and things. And it's cool to have a weapon completely tied to luck. Um, it's very unique compared to the other stats that you're usually dealing with in the game. So if you're trying to min-max luck, uh, which doesn't really help you a lot in any, <laughs> a lot of other parts of the of the game, um, it kind of gives it a different spin. So you know, like I'm this, you know, this uh, time around, I'm really taking just minimum amounts of everything else, like magic and everything else. I could toss out like a couple spells before I round it to MP, but not much. Whereas, like, in my other character, I, you know, tons of it. And so, really, this is more about melee. And, uh, so, you know, it's just... And grinding for certain drops, uh, well, that'll help. But, yeah, it's, I've played today for probably a couple hours trying to get um, Mercury Stone chunks. And, uh, if anyway, I won't go deep into it. The upgrade system... You know, Bill can appreciate these. Like, upgrade system for weapons and things, It's there's just three pieces. There's a... Uh, well, it depends on what it is. But usually there's like a shard, a chunk, and a pure stone. So, you know, low to high. And drop rate should reflect that, right? Sure. You would, yeah, it should. Yeah. Except I've got like a trillion, I mean, I'm not surprised, like a trillion shards, right? Like I mean, You would expect that, right? These these drop pretty plentifully. Um, I've gotten as many pure stones as I have chunks. I just chunks i've not wanted to drop at all and so i can have a trillion pure stones it doesn't help me i only need one but i need a bunch of chunks and there's nothing to do about throw those pure stones on the ground and break them into (laughs) chunks you wish you could in dark souls you can you can feed them to frampton he can break them up right right yeah you can't do that in demon souls you're just stuck (laughs) i only fed framp all the dumb that i had i just thought it was funny every time i saw him i'd give him a piece yeah. Yep. He's happy to eat it. Um, anyway, uh, moving on from that, like I said, you know, the kids played um, the the playroom or whatever it's called, his playroom. I think it's yep. that. And I played some Street Fighter. I felt pretty good. It's been quite a while since I played online. I played some ranked. I won more than I Ooh, lost, nice. which makes me feel good. Although, of course, I'm like still like bronze tier, so it's like. And- I'm- fighting nobody's but. any practice before you go into because like if i'm doing ranked anything even in destiny I'll, I'll jump into a couple of quick play matches just to you know brush yeah. the rust off 
Yeah, I did a couple casual matches mm-hmm. uh, beforehand just to like, okay, yep, I remember the moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, played a little of that. That made me feel not terrible and not incredibly old. It's like, okay, I can still <laughs> fight noobs, sort of, and win. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of what's been going on with me. So now that we push past that, we kind of want to get to the main topic that we've been discussing or uh, talking about getting to for a while. And that is the, um, SNK Neo Geo, uh, system and kind of a little bit about that. So uh, a little bit of background and then we'll kind of talk, you know, amongst ourselves a little bit about it. But, um, first off, you know, just some quick history, um, the, uh, the Neo Geo system was introduced in 1990, uh, early 1990 in Japan, and then later in in the U.S. and the U.K. and some other places. Um, and initially designed kind of as arcade hardware, but also kind of one of those crazy, we'll build a, a home version of it as well, mostly because of the history of the time. And that Japan was coming off this crazy economic boom where like, their economy was so crazy that they could afford to throw money at ridiculously priced consoles and crap that nobody should be able to buy, right? This, just things that weren't normally possible. But their economy was off the charts at that point in time. Um, later on, kind of came back down to earth, but you could do that in Japan at that point in time. So they came out with um, the home version as well as the arcade version. So, which is really interesting with the idea um with this kind of cross compatibility where you can have an arcade version of a game, a home version of the game. Uh, they can connect back and forth through memory cards and the hardware itself is really built pretty much the same as well. So, I mean, obviously the early systems include a lot more of this and some of the later Neo Geo cabinets did, but I wanted to talk first about some of these pieces that made um, the original kind of hardware when we talk about it. So, um, Kelsey, I know you've got an MVS and an AES, right? Yeah, that's right. So does your MVS, is it one of the old ones that has memory cards and the headphone jack? You got it. Yeah. yeah four so, slot. Yeah. The original machines were built pretty much the same as the home machine, that which is kind of weird to have <laughs> memory cards in an arcade and then headphone jack. One of my friend's kids uh, drives me nuts because every time he comes over, he finds coins around our house. And then he puts them in the memory card slot just far enough. I gotta like either tilt the machine back or grab a magnet or something because I can't get that every time. You need to put like some tape or something over them. There's like there's coin slots. Put them in the coin slots. <laughs> but I'm, I guess first off, talking about that idea of memory cards for arcade machine, which first a yeah. memory cards weren't a thing. Right? Not, not really. Neo Geo invented the idea of memory cards. I didn't ever thought about that. Is that true? Is that the first? There's, there's like PC memory cards before that, right? A different. I, mean, I guess you could say floppy disks. I just think of like I mean, RAM cards and stuff. I don't know if I would count anything quite like that. Not mm-hmm. like a solid state memory card. That's just um, for your save data, yeah. It really kind of introduced that idea. Now, I'll be honest. I never in my life saw anybody with with a Neo Geo yeah. memory card. Nope. Even now, like going online, like they're obscure, like they're not yeah. plentiful. 
no, I want one. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, they're not cheap and you can't find them often. And you got to import them and everything else. And they hold nothing, basically, like, next to nothing. There's an aftermarket reseller that makes, like, um, higher density versions. But you have to wait, like, oh, I'll make, you know, you might do, like, a batch a year or something. Right. So it's, like, good luck and, and it's a hobbyist thing. But what do you guys think about that, the idea of memory cards and the idea of this travel from home to arcade. I think the idea is really cool. Um, I, I don't, this isn't uh, exactly with the Neo Geo because I never, you know, never had one at home, never, you know, heard of the memory card. But I remember, and one of you can correct me because I'm, I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but wasn't it one of the Gauntlet arcade games had a slot that you could, like, transfer your, your save file? It was, like, Gauntlet dark legacy in, or in legends Ga- or something in Gauntlet legends it's not a, a slot it's a code so they give you code right there was like your, a password yeah, yeah. There, there, there there was some arcade game i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna put it in there i, I would have looked it up before the show but i didn't realize this was a thing that neo geo did but there, there was some arcade machine had like an n64 like save slot uh like uh, hardware slot on it uh, uh initial d because it would print off like the driver's licenses and then you could put your license in next time you came and continue. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. But I, I remember the first time I was in the arcade and I saw that, I was like, that's really cool. And then like a second later, I thought that slot is going to be filled with chewing gum within like a <laughs> week. <laughs> so like one of those things that like is great in principle or theory, like and it sounds great in a boardroom. And then as soon as the boardroom guys give the arcade operators this idea, the arcade operators are thinking, Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no! One more thing to fix. <laughs> I, like I feel the same way as you. Like it's a really interesting idea in theory, but like when you look at like the library of Neo Geo games, you don't need a memory card for any of them. Yeah, it's not like you're unlocking or... progress or keeping stats. Like it's a couple, but most yeah. of them's high scores. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's high yeah. scores and that and. Sure, like that's nice at the arcade, but some, there's always someone at the arcade who's gonna have a better high score. Right, might be why they didn't sell very many of these. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, that's the weird thing. You would see it, and on the thing, it shows like the slots and everything. Because if you looked on it, did you ever? I would never even known how to buy a, 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 a memory card. <laughs> I mean, well, I didn't like, even what? know how to buy a Neo Geo. Like, I never saw one in a store or in a, a magazine. Catalog I could order. That's like, it. I would see them advertise them, yeah, on like GamePro, like you could win a contest to win a Neo Geo, but you <laughs> right. couldn't just like order a Neo Geo from them. And I heard that there were some places that would rent them, but I even never even saw that. Yeah, like when you that. read about them now, you'd say yeah, like hotels and yeah, rental services, but I, I never came across any of those where I lived either. No. Blockbuster rented some wacky stuff, like Virtual Boys and yeah. stuff, and 32Xs, but yep. never saw a Neo Geo. Yeah. So, so real quick, just before we get too far, I just did a quick Google on the side. It is the uh, NFL Blitz NBA Showtime uh, dual cab has a uh, uh, N64 uh, memory card uh, slot wow. in it. And it's just to, for stats because uh, there's no progress in that game. Like you start a game and then the game's over. So it's just if you you know want to keep your stats. <laughs> you but, I mean, like we were saying, like. Neo uh, no, like like you're like the same N64 memory card oh, that you oh, okay. uh, like like the, yeah no it wasn't like controller a separate pack, thing right? yeah just it had a, it has a little slot and it says like controller pack on it so you would like <laughs> take your N64 memory card that I really didn't I mean I don't remember I remember having one just because I was like oh, okay like I'll get this like maybe I'll need it but I re- I seem to remember 
not really needing it because it wasn't like you couldn't save your games without it. It was just so you could like move your files around to like other people's houses, right? It was right? usually for games, games that, that had character creations, like the yeah. wrestling games and stuff. Like if you wanted okay. to make your own wrestler, you had to have that controller pack in there. Gotcha. Okay. So I so yeah, because Midway games used it for saving and didn't allow it on the cart, right? Yeah. Uh, it could be because because the um you know with NBA Blitz and the uh, Showtime those are Midway, those are Midway yeah. games. I remember Midway games. You like I think want to say like the Rush games and uh, whatnot. You had to have controller uh, packs. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, it's probably because they could took a cheap out on the on and not put it in the game. Yeah. right? I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't remember it. ever having a need for the memory card. Um, and I think the first memory card I purchased was probably for the PlayStation. Because um, yeah. you had to have it, you know, because you had Final Fantasy VII, and if yeah. you wanted to keep I playing... St- <laughs> I still have, like, my stack of, like, seven, like, PS2 memory cards and, like, three PS1 memory cards because, mm-hmm. you know, to save everything. And I didn't want to delete anything, so I was like, buy a new card. That's why I had a Dex drive for a little while, which, uh, uh, for the some of the younger uh, listeners, um, well, this is before USB was a thing. So it was, like, a serial-connected uh, device that you would connect to your uh, PC... It was really cool. It was like a little, almost looked like a little doghouse, um, and it had like a little slot in the front, and you just stuck your PS1 or PS2 memory card in there, serialed it to the computer, and you could just drag your save files to it. So it was mainly used as a way to back up your save files so you didn't just lose it forever. But there, for a while, um, uh, Interact, I believe was a company that made it, for a while they had like a pretty good forum going where people were sharing their save files because uh-huh. since Sony never thought of this as a thing that people would be doing, there was no like save protection and there's no profile on the system, right? Like you don't log in as the Cal of Swell or like, you know, like uh, uh, whatever. So like... If you have a save file, it's going to play on your system. So people were just like throwing up, oh, like here's here's a save file at, you know, level 99 and here's one at level, you know, this. So and as the as the unit lost popularity, these things kind of went away, but it was a fun time to be on that obscure, you know, save sharing site. It's funny cuz I had I don't know if you guys remember I had the um the version where it was a floppy disk drive attached to the memory card. So you would you could back your saves up onto a <laughs> floppy disk, oh, that's and awesome. so I still have like that and all these floppy disks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that way you know you could wipe it and start over and then start a new floppy disk. Yeah, janky. another one. Yeah, one of those ideas that's like before it's time, and like by the time it's time is here, there's no need for a memory card at all. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when PS3 came out, it was backwards compatible. Backwards compatible. I bought you know that. Um, the save the transfer uh, thing. Yep. Yeah, I, yep. So I remember that. Yep. I, I bought that and because uh, because you could use your PS one and two saves on the three, but like there was no slot on the three, uh-huh. so you needed that thing to get them over. And it's just one of those rando like, oh, you ha- like one of these official Sony things that like yep. what was it like mail order? Like you had to like submit that. Uh... I ordered it from GameStop. Okay. To order it into a GameStop. Right. But, so you could uh... get it places, but it wasn't like only through Sony. But yeah, that's yeah. the thing that like didn't see a whole lot of light, <laughs> so you could find one. Uh, well, they got the backwards compatibility stuff off pretty quick, but I'm yeah. surprised it wasn't more popular for the PS1 stuff. But anyway, yeah, like well, and, and, that you could play and, PS1 and I, games. And I feel like one thing that people kind of forget about that PlayStation 3 era, and I've had conversations with people like just like up to like like a year or so ago about this, is that people think that there are models of the PlayStation 3 that are not backwards compatible with PlayStation 1 games. And the piece that's so confusing is the PlayStation 2 backward compatibility. Yeah. So I was talking to a friend, and they have all these you know, 
PS1 games. And I'm like, yeah, but you can play those on your PS3. And they're like, no, I can't. I got the 20 gig. And I'm like, yeah, but you can play PS1 games on that. And they're like, no, only the 80 gig and only the Metal Gear Solid is the last one. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, just calm down. There's never been a PlayStation 3 that won't play a PS1 game. And kind of the look on their face is like, no, no, you've got information. And then imagine their face, like you put a game in and like the splash screen comes up and they're like, I've wasted all of this time and could have been playing PS1 games the whole time. And it's just one of those things that you always, you know, want to work and expect to work. But there was such a such a, a, a fuss thrown up with backward compatibility on that system. And then there was the class action lawsuit with the Linux. And I got my check eventually. Yep. I think I, got, I think I I think I I think I bought like, a, like twelve dollars or something. I yeah, I think I was gonna say I think I bought a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like you know, I think twelve dollars. Yeah. I got. After what, like ten years or something. <laughs> <laughs> lawyers and what is it like the in a class action, the lawyers get like half. Oh, so yeah. like, imagine like you know how much money the lawyers just end up making off of the whole thing. Millions and millions. Yeah. yeah. You get twelve dollars or whatever. Yeah. But anyway. Fun stuff. But, I mean, that's funny that we're talking about this because, I mean, obviously this legacy goes all the way back to Neo Geo. I mean, not that mm. I'm saying they wouldn't have come up with the idea, but, I mean, it was already there. It was baked mm-hmm. in. They didn't have to look around. There's there's a save slot, which mm. the only thing I would say that's a little different, though, about the home version versus the arcade is in the arcade version, you've got two slots for two players, right? And the home version, there's just one memory card slot. So, if you know, if you've got a friend around, I guess screw them. <laughs> <laughs> I think my four slot only has one memory card slot. I don't think it has two. Really? Yeah. You got a memory card? I don't. Am I misremembering? Mm-hmm. I thought that there were some that had two. I don't know if other models do. They they very well could. I'm just. I think mine only has the one. Oh, okay. Well, don't quote me 100. percent I mean, I I could be misremembering that, but uh, I want to. I want to say there was. I could be wrong. But I mean, it's that idea though that you could somehow connect the home and and you know the arcade experience together. Which I think, if the hardware hadn't been so crazy expensive, more people probably would have picked up on that. Oh, for sure, yeah. And it would have done well. Um, <clears throat> but that's kind of what we saw though: is the MVS and the AES kind of. Um, I mean, they both did really well, but the console sold fairly well in Japan, um, of course, due to their crazy economy. But in the U.S., we were kind of in a recession at the time and coming out of some of that. And like we were saying, I just, I never, literally never heard of anybody buying an AES. I never saw an AES. I never heard a story about somebody's cousin that had an AES. I mean, just... I, I know, it was like 80% Nintendo kids, like 15% Sega kids, you know, the 5% like split between like PC and there's like the one turbo graphics kid. Right. Yeah, the there one was turbo never uh, a Neo Geo kid. I, I was thinking that when you said like, know someone who knows someone, I was thinking of the turbo graphics kid. Cause there was like <laughs> one dude who had the friend whose cousin has a turbo and you're like, Oh, can, we can finally play the turbo. But yeah, it's the same thing. Like I even, there was a kid at the end of my street, uh, Bobby Ward, good dude. Um, we used to play, um, uh, street hockey and like, he was a big, big, big hockey family. And like, that's probably where like, you know, my, a lot of my love of hockey came from. Like my dad watched hockey a little bit, but like this, this kid like lived hockey. So we'd go over there and play NHL 94 on the Genesis and Sega CD. And we'd play in the basement, play out in the yard. But he was the kid who like his parents, 
don't know what they did, but they had money. They got everything. So, like, day one Atari Jaguar. You know, like, day one Sega CD. Like, whenever a thing came out, like, we're going to Bobby's house because he definitely has it already. <laughs> and uh, uh, zero uh, Neo Geo uh, over at that house. And it was one of those things, like, you heard a rumor, and the only other the only other one he never had that we asked him, oh, Bobby, do you have a 3DO? He didn't have the 3DO either. Those were, like, the two rarest ones among, like, my circles of friends and people who my friends knew. It was Neo Geo, by far, was more, was the hardest one to come across, and then 3DO was the, was the second in my area. I knew one dude that had a 3DO. Mm. That was it. Yep. And you went and played it, and... You were you would tell him how cool it was, and then you would leave me like that was not cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had one for a little while, not to get off topic, but I mean, I'm a I'm a big 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 Sewer Shark fan. I just oh, that game has always clicked <laughs> with me. I loved it when it first came out on Sega CD. I, just something about it, I really really like. So the version on 3DO is better just because the the gameplay area is larger. Um, but yeah, I can't think of a whole ton of other reasons. Oh, and then the Super Street Fighter 2 uh, Turbo. Uh, it's a really, really good version of that game. But yeah, there's not a ton else that comes straight to mind when I think of the uh, the 3DO. Well, it's funny that you point that out because uh, several of the big games also besides that was uh, uh, Samurai Showdown. was Fighters, big on Neo yeah. Geo because it was basically an arcade perfect port minus load times, right? Which... Which I, is funny because again, it was you had to buy a seven hundred dollars system to play a great port of a game on a seven hundred dollars right. system. <laughs> and, and and that that's one of the the biggest points that I wanted to get across with the Neo Geo is when when you kind of grew up with like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and even like when it got to N sixty four, like it was always the thing at home couldn't do what the thing in the arcade could. It was not as good. It was less power. It was less expensive. But every review you ever read of, like, you know, a Street Fighter game or Mortal Kombat or anything that people would line up to play in an arcade, every review you ever read in, like, EGM or GamePro or whatever, it always would compare it to the arcade version. Like, being called, like, an arcade perfect port, like, that was as good as you could get. So, like, uh, like on the, the Sega CD version of Mortal Kombat... It's like, you know, like, where do I insert my coin? You know, like, uh, all, all of these little, like, you know, hyperbolic things that, like, all they wanted to get you to think is, like, this is as good as the arcade experience. Yeah, and so, I don't think a console really marketed itself like that until the Dreamcast came out. Mm-hmm. Like, since the Neo Geo. It's yeah. Like, so, almost but, 10 years, yeah, where you just had no machines that could do that other than the Neo Geo. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, it was, like, I, I remember, and, like you know, we... Because you would always ask your parents, like, can we go to the arcade? Like, that's it's the best place to play these games, right? So, like, I, oh, yeah. I, I get the thought behind it of, like, hey, what if what if we could have this? You know, like, what if you could have, like, the arcade machine and just be able to, like, uh, pop it? So, but it, it, it's weird because I wasn't in a place where I was purchasing things when this was in the market, right? So, like, I, I don't have that experience of the, uh, you know, having the choice to buy this, you know, $800 machine in 1990 money, you know, plus the software was like 200 bucks pop. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, so there, I, I there, so I there's... can imagine this is, this is like the adult indulgence machine because no parent is buying this. Right. I just can say that like, even if they were at my local Zellers, like a big display, I, there's no way in hell I could have talked my dad into get that for me. 
No. Same no way. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it, it only only if dad really wanted it himself too. Like that's yeah. the the and only. And they didn't the have only... Tetris, so I was out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> think like I was old enough to where I started my first job. I think in ninety one mm. or ninety two. Yeah. Um. I mean, so technically, I probably could have saved for one of these things, but I mean, even then, it was like, come on, man. Yeah. You know, come on. I mean, you know, I bought a Sega CD when it came out, and that was saving a lot of money for a video game thing. That was the first thing where I was like old enough where I wanted a thing that we like walk by and like, uh, I don't know if Caldor is regional, but it's like kind of like a department store that has an electronic section. So we'd be like shopping for school clothes or trapper keepers or whatever, and then we walk by electronics, like, oh, mom, Sega CD. And I remember she saw the price tag and would just laugh, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> we just kept going, played it at my cousin's house. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a, uh, like the first time that I remember like having any concept of like, oh, this stuff's really expensive. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, coming back to Neo Geo though, I mean, so obviously they had their dreams of being this standard. And it worked out fairly well, I guess, in Japan. I mean, again, if you're going to buy an AES, where are you going to get it? I mean, unless you're going to spend a nice chunk of change, you're probably going to buy a, a Japanese model because there's just not a lot of U.S. models. Yeah, I although mean, they did I release games. Model. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I think you bought it uh, a few years back from one local RF Gen guy, right? Yeah, that's oh, not true. local, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Smart local move because I'm sure of the internet. You, yeah. You probably got a very good deal compared to. It was good. And, like, the guy that I bought it from, um, he was, like, cataloging systems. So he had a lot of obscure systems. But he would buy them, like, new in boxes, good condition as he could because he just wanted to take photos of them. And, like, he didn't play them. So when I bought the system off him, I had the system that had just been opened and put back in the box, not played. Man. The six games I bought with him all still had the sticker seals on them because he hadn't even opened them. So everything is that Marriott guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't oh Marriott. Okay, I was gonna say because I I saw a Kickstarter for a dude who like wanted to like make uh you know do this this archiving for like I can't remember if it was a book or if it was for like an actual like uh like project or whatever. But he was asking for all this money to buy all these old systems like just to catalog like as much of it as he could. And the idea was when it was over, he was either going to like sell and do a thing or like donate it to, you know, like video game museums or something. But uh, it just made me think of it when you said he was cataloging. But yeah, Marriott's good. I've done deals with him before. Yeah. And, I, and he had a reputation for having pristine stuff. And now I know why. <laughs> I got, really kick myself for not buying that Famicom Titler off of it. Yeah, I got a CDX off him at the same time as well. It was it was at the time the biggest purchase I'd ever done. Oh, always that was like the top thing on my want list forever, and then I finally just gave up on it. And it's uh, I've I've never owned one. I've been in the presence of one a few times, but uh, I've got one. If you want to talk after this, no, no, I can't. I can't. I got I, I got to I got to shake it. <laughs> I, I got uh, I got dentist money and uh, I got I got teeth coming out all over the place over here. <laughs> I had a friend that actually got. Go talk those. to your mom. She'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all comes back. I had a friend that actually bought a Sega CDX um, mm. back when it was a real back when it was a thing yeah. and yeah we would all be like oh my god you know, he used it like to listen to your house like a, yeah yeah portable portable, portable player yeah, have it like like it. have it on like the belt like uh, on yeah. the belt uh yeah 
Yeah, I need to bring it over, you know, so you can play Sega and whatever. Yeah, I, I remember that's looking great. at the instructions for it, and it had, like, this, that, like, adapter to put the 32X in it, so, like, it wouldn't, like, f- like flop over. Uh, that that would be... You saw somebody actually made one of those, right? The 3D, made a 3D model. Yeah, yeah the 3D, yeah, the 3D prints available, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, an, another time in, in another life. <laughs> but while we're talking about Sega and Super Nintendo... You know, a lot of those Neo Geo games got ported down to those other systems because, I mean, obviously that's what we could afford. And what's weird is that probably I think the system with what I would consider to be some of the best ports of Neo Geo games is probably the weakest of those, weakest in quotes, the the, uh, PC Engine CD system. Um, Some of the arcade card ports of some of those Neo Geo games are really good (laughs) and you're like okay they weren't that good on super nintendo and sega so i mean obviously the sega cd i think had what samurai showdown i think came out on sega cd if i remember right i don't Uh, um but not i don't really think any of the other ones did i think i think that one came out on sega cd but i don't know if any other ones did um but i mean that was the thing right everybody still wanted to play these games they still wanted to take these arcade games home and play them but of course nobody could afford and AES in the U.S., although obviously there was a mail-order system because they sold U.S. versions of these games um, to whoever these rich people were uh, that had them, What obviously. stores they carried these? Like, it just I can't them. imagine a store. To, I don't know. I've not spo- I would imagine you'd have to have bought them from SNK. Like direct from supplier, yeah. Probably. I mean, it might have been like the Turbo situation where after a while, when remember like that company, Turbo Technologies, just bought all of that stock and said, we're the only people now. We're the distributors. You can mail in and get stuff from us. Um, But can I go back again? Like the idea of a headphone jack on an arcade game. Like we're saying like our music is so good. You're going to want to bring headphones and listen. Even though your buddy, I guess, can't listen. Yeah, you don't want to hear. <laughs> that I mean, I guess anyway. the speakers. But. He's got his Sega CDX plugged in, anyways, listening to, to whatever was going on in the nineties. <laughs> Do you ever see yeah. anybody? Pumpkins, like Soundgarden, or yeah, uh, just my reflection when the screen goes black. Do you guys ever like see anybody ever use that headphone jack in an arcade? Just my reflection when the screen goes black. Just me. <sighs> yeah, per- personally, no. I can't. I can't think of any. Like I. Like I. I feel like. And again, like because I was young, I got born in '81. So like when arcades were a thing, I kind of was like barely aware of like fashion and what people were doing. But like now, you go to the gym and like the headphone is a fashion statement or like a status symbol, right? So like I don't remember if it was like that in the early '90s. If someone had like you know like a big pair of can headphones or a headset, if like that was a thing that they were like, oh, I'm gonna look cool when I go there. Because if it was like a status uh, thing, I think you'd see more people, uh, you know, potentially using that. But I don't remember anybody with headphones in the arcade. I think the only time you'd see headphones usually would be when somebody had a Walkman, and they'd usually like those orange foamy things yep. that came with the Walkman. Yeah, that was kind of it. And that, I was gonna say, uh, uh, I know this is a little bit later, but um, I remember seeing the headphone jack on the Genesis and thinking why would I use the headphones on the Genesis? Like I'm playing on a television. And then I was like me and like a buddy were up late. We're supposed to be in bed. We put a little splitter in there and we had headphones out. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I guess I can see how that would be a thing. But that was it like stereo. 
again, like that was really new at the time. It was stereo sound. Mm, yeah, um, and that's and the, and we've talked about it before on you know off air and other uh, conversations where if you're going to mod uh, a Genesis for like RCA outs, like that's the one you want because you got uh, uh, your stereo sound. You just reroute it right from that guy. Yeah, and that that's the thing, right? So the AES does as well, um, and uh, you know it sounds great. You know, I plug my headphones in and. I'll listen while I'm playing some AES. Um, and it's kind of neat because I think it's one of those things like like when stereo was new in games, they played a lot with it and they did mm. a lot with stereo. They would like fa- while, they it would phase like, it. Eh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, okay, let's show it off. Right. Later on, it was just kind of like, eh, here's some music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. With any new feature, they're like, is there, is, can you give us a demo? You know, can we have a motorcycle go from left to right and you actually hear it go from left to right, you know? Or like, or like when you went to shop for surround sound speakers and every, uh, uh, speaking of Neo and every, uh, uh, place in the country is playing the Matrix, uh, scene, uh, like the bullet, uh, uh, time. Um, just to show, like, oh, look what could happen. Yeah, listen to that sound. That'll be four thousand dollars. It's like I remember when um, I got my first surround sound set up and everything, and then I got a DVD player and I got Gladiator, right? And you, Man, and you did the one where demo. like the the Gladiator fight with their the barbarian guy, horde, like the tiger, yeah. and the, yep. or like the battle scene at the very front with like all the catapults and everything. Yep. So that was that was a, like I had these like crappy like plastic you know like hundred dollar speaker set that I have from Costco, but I had like a really really good Yamaha receiver that we got from like not like a big box store. We went to like one of those like sound stores. It was really really good. That that intro gladiator scene with the catapults when they actually uh-huh. landed and the sub picked up, and my mom was like, "You have to turn that down right now." <laughs> and uh, uh, the the first barbarian fight scene with the horde, and then when they know who he is and he fights. Uh, um, uh, what's it, the guy with like the mask and the tiger, like you said? Yep, yep. yep. Um, there, you, but like as a surround sound kind of early adopter, you start to find all those like demo scenes. Like uh, the uh, Kelsey's gonna love this. One of the best surround sound demos. And you don't think it's gonna be a good surround sound demo? Is the um, uh, the Achilles uh, fight in Troy? Just oh, yeah. like that one-on-one fight, because and the thing is, because so many movies and games even they just have tons of music going on just constantly like blaring so like this fight has like no music it's it's almost just like like two pieces of wood just going like like very 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 little so all you're hearing is like the sand and the feet and the clang and the shield and the grunting like it it feels and the all this the camera shots are like super close it's just this visceral like intense fight and i remember like someone taking me into a surround sound room they're like oh, i'm going to show you this scene from troy and i'm like all right, I mean, it's like it's a good movie, it's a good scene. I don't know if it's going to be a good sound demo. And oh man, <laughs> it is a phenomenal sound demo. The I moved in with this guy right before I moved to the city I'm currently in, um, and he had like just when I moved in bought his like huge speakers, receiver, mm. and had it all set up. And he's like, "What? What are we going to demo?" Like, it's like I don't know what to mm. put in first. He's like, go look through my movie collection and pick something. <laughs> so I'm looking, looking, and, and I'm like, anything? I'm like, what if it's <laughs> like, anything? He's like, anything. And so I threw a disc in, and we ended up listening to the menu music on Napoleon Dynamite for like 30 minutes before we did anything else. And it was what, really awesome. Was it, um, was it the, uh, the White Stripes song? 
No, it's just like the pipe organ. Like, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like when they're just kind of like in between scenes or walking around. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's that, that's that's a fun movie. But yeah, because well, you're gonna uh, have the you're gonna have the OLED TV. That means you gotta get a 7.1 surround setup. Soon. That's that's my next step. We'll, we'll see. I'm telling you, I love 7.1 surround. It's awesome. That's put yeah, that up on your list. We're we're at a time we're at a time in our lives where I used to be real big in the sound. I still have a really nice receiver, and I had clips, floor standing speakers. We had all this great stuff, and we just kind of hit a time in our lives where the way that our house is set up and the age of the people that are living in the house it's like we're not going to be able to enjoy this for years. So it's either storage or sell it, you know, because like it's so we have not had the quality of sound that we used to have. So everything has kind of moved over to headphones. And the 7.1 headphones, like, they, they do an admirable job. Uh, they, they try, uh, you know, as best they can. Um, there, there's nothing like having that, that big surround sound experience. So if you're able to get it, uh, you know, take advantage of that for sure. Definitely. Probably, you could probably spend as much as you spent on your TV and get a decent setup. I mean, nothing, you know, not world class, but not bad. Yeah. Oh, so Neo, sorry, so Neo Geo. Um, so I want to, you know, we've talked a lot about the hardware and I want to mention like this whole idea that they kind of, cause it got into these bit wars, right? Cause everything was like eight bit and 16 bit yeah. and Neo Geo tried to sell itself as 24 bit. Right. Um, I don't know if anybody ever understood what the heck that meant. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys ever understand what they were trying to say with 24-bit? I actually yeah. forgot about the 24 until you you had uh, had it on the, the, the outline. And I saw that, and I was like, what is he talking about? And I looked it up, because I, I wasn't I really being marketed to, because, again, like I wasn't like buying this stuff. But when you said that, I looked it up, and I saw a few places where some of the ads had that like marketing line in it. But I don't remember that being a thing. I'm, I'm not a tech guy, so I just always assume, you know, bigger, better. What more confused me was the games themselves having like forty eight megs, two hundred megs, three hundred right. megs, and I had no yeah. idea. The, like, yeah, like like this game is so large that we need more megs to 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 yeah. fit it. I remember like there was like I remember I would see that in EGM or like whatever magazine. Like, oh, it's, this is a two hundred fifty six meg cart because like the old cart was not enough megs. But yeah, that was another just another piece of marketing, I guess, for us. That was a big deal because I remember like Super Nintendo games and stuff would and Genesis games would top out like at like twenty four megabit. Mm. You know, that was kinda of like the upper limit. Mm-hmm. Um and, but you know, yeah, that would be like a dinky Neo yeah. Geo game, right? So, you know, you you were talking about like two hundred mega shock, but it wasn't even like oh megabits. No no mega shock. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, because that's it. You, the the control, you know, the the labeling would say like whatever, like two hundred twelve, you know, megabit or whatever or meg. It would just say, and then, but it was like mega shock was their was their marketing tag thing. But yeah, like this, they tried a lot of things. I have to give it to them. I mean, like uh, you guys can't see it, but Kelsey's got the the branding that happened with um, Neo Geo, the bigger, badder, better, which was the dog like, tag. Know, yeah, that was like their later push. And I think that was around the era when they were pushing 24-bit. And you were like, what? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I think it was... I mean, it was all marketing, obviously. It was oh, a yeah. 16-bit machine. It just had a truckload of RAM, and then, like, the cartridges could hold, could hold disgusting amounts of, of ROM. Um, 
obviously. I mean, you know, you see the cartridges, they've got they've got two PCBs in them. There's two cartridge connectors. They're nuts. Um, they are arcade hardware. Um, but it's funny that that happened because right around that same time, like so many other arcade devs were going to that similar idea, which was very new in arcades, like Capcom. Yes. Um, with CPS. Yeah, the CPS system. Yep. Right. So, and so, it's yep. a Neo Geo. So, and, and, Bill, can and, you think of there's some other ones? So the idea behind that um, was, uh, uh, it, it was a few things because as a company that's trying to sell to arcade operators or amusement companies to buy their games and then rent them out, it's expensive to buy these enormous, you know, arcade machines. Like every time you want a new game, uh, you got to, you know, buy a new arcade machine. So a lot of arcade uh, uh, companies would make a kit. So a kit was the board. It was usually the marquee. Um, uh, sometimes it would come with like buttons and joysticks, but usually they were kind of like you know, universal slash interchangeable. So unless you bought the machine, you could just use whatever you had lying around as the operator. And sometimes they'd either come with like an overlay for the control panel or like stickers to kind of put like near the buttons for that. Um, but the, the board itself, like, uh, 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 the, the edge connector, they weren't standardized. So when a arcade operator would buy the kit, they would have to go to a machine, take the old game out and be like, all right what goes where and like look at the pinout and be like all right so i need to you know get these three connectors go on this one to the mo-, and like it, it, it was a nightmare so that's kind of where, where JAMA came from uh the first one of the first standardizations uh japanese arcade machine manufacturers association i think or something close to that and all that was was the edge connector was universal so like it's always you know these top four are ground, and then player one, up, down, left, right, button one, two, three, four, and then player two, and so on and so forth, monitor, all that stuff. So that made it a little bit easier, but you still had to get in there, remove that edge connector, like, unscrew the board, all four, like, you know, pull it out, install those little PCB feet on the new board, screw it back in. It was still like a manual process, so Capcom with the uh, CPS system, CPS-1 was just motherboards, or just, you know, PCBs that were on top of each other. There was, like, kind of like a, a, a main bottom board, and then, like, there was a top board that went into it. But the CPS-2 system was kind of where they kind of perfected it. You had your bottom board, which was your, your base board, your A board, and that was essentially, like, the console. Like, the, 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 you know, think of that as, like, your Nintendo or your Neo Geo, you know, your Genesis, whatever. And then, like, the second part of it, the top, had uh, four or six little like socket connectors that kind of look like IDE connectors if you're familiar with the old hard drives and you would just kind of like pop that guy off like sometimes there was a couple little locking clips that would kind of help stabilize it but if you wanted to change a game similar to a console where you just pull the game out and pull a new one in you could pop that b-board off and then just pop another b-board on there flip the machine on and it was good so it was like as close to console as you could get so that's where Capcom was going and again, back to the original point of like trying to convince arcade operators to switch a game out is already a thing where they're like, oh, we don't want to, you know, get our toolboxes out for half a day to switch a game out. So to sell this to, you know, amusement operators, oh, I can just pop this thing out, pop a new one in. You got it. Give it to me. So I think that's something that uh, Neo Geo like saw the trend going that way and wanted to go that way as well and said, can we take it further and can we have that same unit be in the home device? And it wasn't a bad idea. Just, you know, happened the way it happened. And it's very expensive. <laughs> yeah, we got what we got. 
So, Kelsey, um, having the arcade set up, you know, you've got the MVS, you've got the AES. I mean, tell me, you know, you've had plenty of experience, you know, how you feel swapping out carts in that thing? Oh, easy peasy. Yeah, you just, like, open the, the coin latch, cart comes out, cart goes in, boot it back up. Yeah, like, couldn't be easier. So you're thinking, you know, just like Bill's saying, if you were an arcade operator, and obviously you've had to deal with arcade machines plenty of times, you know, uh, that would have been a real big appeal to you. Yeah, like the only other step is like you unlock the marquee, put the new artwork in for the new game. The end. Like, yeah, you don't not mess around with tools other than the key you need to open the locks. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's literally all I need. And it, it takes like seconds, like not even minutes to do. Which is where Neo Geo also went to say, okay, how do we separate these markets? Well, we'll make the cartridges incompatible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's literally, literally the same games in the same things, just the carts are not compatible with each other. (laughs) Region locking your own software to your own hardware. It's so weird. Yeah. I guess because I guess the idea being I want to sell a lower cost cart to operators um, because I want to get them hooked on my system and, you know, buying multiple, 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 which at the home market, maybe I can't get people to buy tons of games. So I'm going to charge more for each game, but I'm going to give a premium packaging and everything else to go with it. So, yeah, that's why obviously, you know, it's a lot cheaper to buy MVS cards. Yeah, there were a lot more of them made. Yeah, even when you buy them complete, like you get that like cardboard box like with an end label on it, and uh, one little like slip with like uh, instructions, and that's that's your MVS packaging. But your AES packaging, you get that real glossy shock box, opens up, you get a full color manual in there, and and the the box is like molded to fit the game in it too. Like they're yeah, they're really really sharp looking things. And the cartridges are ridiculous, like the size of your head. But, I mean, yeah. they're great. Yeah, they're like three VHS tapes. Like, just yep. <laughs> and speaking of VHS tapes, though, the MVS games, to me, look like v- big VHS tapes. Pretty similar, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just like the way they're... I mean, it's like no nonsense, right? It's like we slapped a crappy, like, laser-printed gray label on the on the end. And, like, even, like, the casing is like, yeah, I guess it works. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, they didn't yeah. seem standard either. Like some of them are kind of translucent, and some of them are solid, and yeah, a little bit different colors of gray sometimes. Yeah, and there's like I've seen like yellow. There's like some. I mean, those might be those are probably ripoff carts. Right? Yeah, I think, there's I think a lot the of yellow ones are typically ripoffs. bootlegs or aftermarket. Yeah, which uh, yeah. not surprising when yeah. you open a hardware standard like that, you're right. going to get bootlegs out of China well, and everything. Well, yeah, because it's what's interesting you say that because with the CPS system, the colors were they were all official, but they were different regions. So like US was blue, and then uh, I think Japan was green, and I think like uh, the uh, uh, South Americas were yellow. But like you'll see these different colors, and you're and it's like oh well, that's just you know it's just the region indicator, but. Uh, so you guys are saying that some of those off colors you see are just straight up bootleg. Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. Neo Geo market, both AES and MVS, is just, and it has been for a long time. Like you know how like Game Boy games are pretty, like there's a lot of fakes out there now. Mm-hmm. Like ten years prior to that, like it was like AES bootlegs and MVS bootlegs like yeah. everywhere. They I think they were the yeah. first like really big 
gaming market to have a lot of uh, yeah. piracy and, and counterfeit. And it's and you think it has something to do with the fact that there are so few out there to like validate them against? Like, oh, this is what a real one looks like. This is what a fake one looks I like. I think arcade arcade operators didn't care. Yeah. Does it play and is oh, it cheap? Okay. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know the whole history of it, but they're the guy who bought the rights to distribute in North America, I think in, in the US specifically in the late 90s, had a lot to do with pushing bootlegs and stuff too. If you've heard some stories over the years, I don't, have you heard them, Chris? Like, I can't even remember the guy's name now. It's been so long since I read them. But like, like he owned the Neo Geo distribution rights for like the late 90s. And like he was bootlegging his own games, like to some, like <laughs> uh, some weird stuff. I gotta look into it a little more so I don't like say a bunch of misinformation because it's been a while. But it, it was a really weird situation going on there. And speaking of the system, I'm longevity, right? Um, so before we kind of start talking about the games that we like to kind of wrap this up, I mean, you have to think the last Neo Geo release was in 2004. Mm. Yeah, 14 year run. That is 14. unheard of. And yeah. And I mean, okay, that's uh, a year, a 14-year run of making games. But I'll be honest, I still can walk into pizza places and see an MVS. Yep. Nice. Out for sale. I mean, I mean, out for play. Mm. You know, it's still got a bubble bobble sitting there. There's a pizza hut puzzle not bobble. too far from where I work. And there's a uh, there's a, a puzzle bobble sitting in it. And I think there's a metal slug in it. Yeah. Yeah. I've Stables. said it before, but that's that's like mainly where I saw Neo Geo's in my life was at the Pizza Hut on Federal Road. You know, like I, I knew there was going to be a, uh, a Neo Geo in there, and it just depended on do they have a new game now, you know, in there or not. And uh, uh, I always thought uh, the first few times I would go places and I, w- I would ask, like, oh, like you know, when are you going to get something new or something different? And the people working there, they're like, oh, like that's that's not ours. Like a company comes in and switches stuff out, and like you know, we have no idea what's going on with it. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, and now, uh, back when I was still involved with the uh, retro world expo, um, there's like a little warehouse that Chris is very familiar with moving arcade machines in and out. And, uh, uh, so in the off season when we're not, you know, when we weren't running the show, um, we would just get together and be like, all right, like, let's grab some food and then just, let's just turn all the arcade machines on and <laughs> just play games for a while. And the Neo Geo, the just, just something about the draw of it. Like, even though you have like, you know, Really, stuff that are my favorites, like the Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat's and Double Dragon and Ghosts and Goblins and just all these games that I've always loved. There's some like allure about that Neo Geo that like still just draws you over to it, even if it's just to play a game of baseball or you know just something quick on it. They were never in arcades up here that I saw. Hmm. Not that I went to a ton. I'm a little younger hmm. than you guys, so I missed like the really big heyday. But I hmm. I never saw one until I was an adult. Really? There's just something about that chime. I mean, you just hear it and you're like, yeah. okay, Neo Geo, right? I mean, yeah, with that, with that, just, yeah, that just the spin it, well, because yeah. you get used to as you turn all the arcade machines on, you start to recognize some of the, the, the telltale signs of like a lot of them just have like an audio sound. So, like, when you turn on a whole bunch of machines at the same time, a lot of them just go, dung. Like, it's just this yeah. stupid, like, you know, like, just to make sure your speaker's working sound. And then you start to, and depending on the attract mode settings, you'll start to hear, like, some of the ones you love, like, uh, you know, like the Mortal Kombat, like, the story music will start playing, like, just some, some really good ones. And maybe you'll hear, like, a little bit of the Pac-Man over here. 
but yeah, you could like Neo Geo is one of those like splash intro chimes that you can call from like six rooms away. You're like, yeah, someone turned on a Neo Geo somewhere. <laughs> like, it's just got that quality to it where you you hear it, and it, it uh, you know exactly what's going on. And usually, in my experience, MVSs are not set quiet. I, I, when I when they're around, they're loud to get your attention, and you'll hear that chime a lot, right? So on the attracts, you know, coming through, um, yeah. But I, I kind of wanted to wrap up as we get towards the end here to talk about obviously some games, and uh, we'll be here all night if we went through everything. But maybe we can call out a couple faves. So um, Kelsey, I want to start with you. Can you give us maybe what some of your favorite yeah. Neo Geo titles? I actually don't know if I ever put on the show how I picked up my machine and it goes along with one of my favorite titles. So I'm oh, going to yeah. tie those together into a little, little story. I'll try and make it quick though. Um, so like I said, we never saw them growing up. So when I had my son, we started taking him to this little play place. Like they had like the climbing contraptions and you could buy pizza and stuff there and have birthday parties kind of things. And they had a small arcade in the back with like some ski ball and a few old arcade machines and stuff. And so they had a, a Neo Geo there with Metal Slug 3 in it. And so we'd take the kid while they're playing around in the thing. I'd go, you know, pop in some quarters in the Metal Slug and, and play a little bit. And I kept asking them, like, do you guys ever sell these machines? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we, we need them. We're not really getting new ones in anymore, so we can't afford to lose any. I'm like, okay, well, like, here's my number. Like, please call me if something happens. Never, ever got a call. Place starts going out of business. They put it about, so I'm like, okay, here's my chance. Like, I go, I'm like, here's my number. Again, like, I want this machine. Like, let me talk to the boss. Like, whatever he wants. Like, I'll, I'll pay it. Nothing. My wife goes in after they've, like, stopped business um, to talk to someone, I canceled birthday or something. She went in there and she saw all the machines with like staff's name on them or people that were picking them up and stuff. So she snapped a picture of the one that she knew I wanted with the person's name and contact info. So we called them that night and I'm like, Hey, like I've been wanting this machine for a long time. Like I see it's got your name on it. Like what can I do to get it? And she's like, buying it for my brother. He really wants it. I, I've worked here for like 10 years and he's always talked to me about it. I'm like, ah, darn it. Okay. I hope he enjoys it. And then nothing for like a month. And then it pops up on Kijiji, which is like Craigslist up here. And so I'm like, go to his house, like the hour after I see that. And I'm like, I will pick that up. Like, what can I do? And he's like, I'm just moving. I, I don't really want it. My sister thought I would want this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, going to say, I better be the guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I borrowed my dad's truck and, and hauled it home that night. Uh, but it was the first machine, the first Neo Geo I ever played. And it was the one I played in the store. And uh, Metal Slug 3 has always been my favorite Metal Slug. Partly That's because awesome. of that. And partly because you can be a zombie who like vomits across the screen, which is fantastic. That's a great story. Very good. Very good. Well, Bill, you have a, a Neo Geo fave out there? Uh, there's there's a couple. Um, I don't have a story that good, but um, uh, I think I've mentioned before that I you know didn't play a ton of SNK stuff just in general. Like never played a King of Fighter, never played a uh, a showdown with Samurais. Um, so like most of the time when I would hit the Neo Geo, it was just like picking up pizza, and it wasn't until like years later that I kind of like would explore like a little bit more of the back catalog. But one of the games that I really enjoyed. Uh, I didn't know was a Neo Geo or an SNK game. Um, I was, I had my my, my uh, Dreamcast. I was really into these 2D fighters, and you know, so you get like your Street Fighters, and then there's Alpha Three, and there's a, a Three Double Strike, and there's Street Fighter Three Third Impact, 
And I was kind of poking around, and I was like, what other, like, good, like, 2D fighters are... Like, you know, you walk into the store with just money burning a hole in your pocket because you don't have to pay rent when you're, like, younger. Like, what can I spend this money on? I, I like 2D fighters. Um, so they 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 asked me to take a chance on uh, uh, Last Blade 2. Um, oh, so nice. I took Last Blade home and played around with it a little bit, and I was like, this is really cool. And I was talking to some friends about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Last Blade uh, for the Dreamcast. And they're like... Do you mean the Neo Geo? They're like, no, no, it's, it's on the Dreamcast. And they're like, no, it's a Neo Geo game. I'm like, I promise you it's on my Dreamcast. <laughs> so um, I, it wasn't like a long-lived, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, thing that I had with Last Blade 2, but it was just one of those things like, just give me a 2D fighter. You know, I have Dreamcast. I like it a lot. Just give me something to play around with. So that's how I kind of uh, ended up like messing around with Last Blade 2 a little bit. I uh, never played Last Blade 1. Um uh, and then the the only other one that uh, well two that deserve mention, um, anyone who knows me and and who knows what I play on the NES, um, I'm a huge RBI baseball fan. I know there's debates on the quality of uh, different baseball games it's, it's on, no the, uh, on the on the NES, <laughs> but I it's I've always loved it. Like like to me like RBI baseball and Blades of Steel like those are kind of like my go-to sports games on the NES, and I could play RBI at any time. So um, when I would go to, uh, you know, pick up pizza or whatever and Neo Geo would be there, I would always, like, baseball stars uh, would always, like, draw my attention in. And it's even though it's, it's, it's a great baseball game, yeah, it's, uh, uh, so I think it was Stars 2 um, was the one that, uh, um, that I would see. Um, so I didn't have, like, a memory card to save my stats or anything, so I can't tell you, like, what my ERA was or, like, uh, you know, batting averages or anything. But it was just a fun baseball game to like pop a couple quarters in and like play a couple innings, and when your pizza's ready, like you just pop out. So like it really fit that whole you know. Uh, uh, a lot of their just sports games in general are like really fun, really good. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, baseball stars I really loved. Um, I haven't played any of the other sports ones, but I'd give them a try. Um, and uh, uh, it's you can't talk about Neo Geo without mentioning Metal Slug, and I'm pretty sure Metal Slug Two was the one that was usually in our machine um but uh, uh like over the years like they've, they've metal slug games have popped up like you know there's like the collection on the, well there's snk collections there was one on wii there's been some on handheld but uh i just remember uh like the the intro scenes or like the first levels with like uh, uh the camels uh just always makes me smile like uh <laughs> it's just it's just a lot of fun and i remember when you're kind of like a little bit of a game snob, you know, and you're you're kind of showing things to other people, and you would say, like, look at the animations. <laughs> like, I remember showing people Metal Slug and being like, it's not just like, you know, like three steps, you know, like back, here, release. Like every single like little movement, so like the, fluid, the, yeah. the attention to detail and the, uh, the like the hand-drawn, however they do it, hand-drawn animation sprites, however they, they get it on there. The, like you could tell that there's a lot of care put into uh, that animation work, and that's that's what really comes through uh, uh, when I play those games. Is uh, you can really tell all that attention. So, love the Metal Slug as well. Well, I'll mention a couple of mine, and I'll throw it back to Kelsey for some last picks and wrap up for this discussion. Um, I I won't spend forever because I know in the last few shows I've been talking Neo Geo games, so mm. I don't need to re- rehash all that. But um, I will mention. You know, a few that um, really I've enjoyed a lot, and especially with the this Puzzle Bobble. 
Um, I mean, it's, it's hard not to like that game. It's so yeah, it, it's kind of one of those games where, like, when they were, it was like everything's a fighter, right? There's two D mm-hmm. fighters everywhere, and that's like usually the the Neo Geo would be loaded up, so it'd have like usually because um, they the one I had locally, they would swap out games pretty often, mm. but usually that's it. You would have like uh, a sports title, so you'd either have like a bowling or a baseball stars or a Neo Turf Masters or something in there. Um, you'd usually have a fighter, like whatever the popular fighter of the day was. Um, you'd usually have a puzzler, usually Puzzle Bobble. Uh, it was pretty common to be stuck in there. And then mm-hmm. usually like some whatever miscellaneous, like whatever the new thing they're trying to show off or like a classic they had sitting around or whatever. So I got to play a lot of Puzzle Bobble. And it's funny, you know, it's one of those games that stuck with me and I kept playing at all the home versions that came out. But again, like when all the like, oh, the guys are going to go out, we're going to you know, play some Street Fighter, and we're going to, you know, just to sit down and chill out with some puzzle bobble for a little while was kind of nice, and it wasn't really hectic or strenuous. And I just, I think it's funny because um, my wife Bobby, you know, years ago, back when we were first getting phones and things like phone games were, and she was playing these these games like, what kind of games are you playing? It's like these, oh, it's like Bubble Witch games, or I'm like, what? Like that's like a puzzle bobble ripoff, and she's like, what? <laughs> "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "That's a total puzzle." And so I, I, you know, I bought a puzzle bobble game on the phone for. So like, this is you know the rigid because there's like a million knockoffs now uh, that you can get and play, and this crappy things that are begging you for money every five seconds. But uh, they did make a legit version of puzzle bobble for the phone. Uh, but they laid like in the U.S. like it was puzzle bobble, and then they changed it to bust a move. That's what the I worst yeah. imaginable. So like I so with the looking, blowing a bubble. Yeah, like looking at the at the screenshot, I was like, oh yeah, I don't remember this being called Puzzle Bobble. And then when you said Bust a Move, is like, oh, I remember it being marketed as Bust a Move. So I probably saw it on the later end of the spectrum. But it's funny you said because like it's like you see this and it's like uh, there's been a billion ripoffs of this, especially on in the mobile uh, scene. Oh, yeah. And it also reminds me when uh, like back in like the BlackBerry days where like that was like a big thing. I had a girlfriend who was always playing this game called Brick Breaker. And I'm like, what you? oh, I'm playing Brick Breaker. And then she would show it to me, and I'm like, that's Arkanoid. She's no, no, it's Brick Breaker. Like, that's Arkanoid. <laughs> so this is nothing new. <laughs> no, everything goes back. But, yep. I mean, that was just kind of funny that it came back around, and it's become so popular that it's ripped off like mm-hmm. crazy um, to, this, to this day. And I'm sure they probably still make more Puzzle Bobble games. I don't, I don't know. Mm. I haven't looked recently, but it wouldn't shock mm. me at all. I mean, they're great games. So why wouldn't you, yeah. why would you stop? But we're only going to get them now if the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia enjoys Puzzle Bobble. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of this, and, and, and what about um, what's the other one? Was wasn't Peggle kind of had like uh, uh, some gameplay elements it's in that from realm. yeah, yeah. Zuma, there's a whole bunch that were really popular. oh Zuma yeah so you're doing the same thing you're like shooting the ball out and like so it's like a snake. Yeah. And you're also trying to like, yeah. My wife yeah, loves just, yeah, variations of that same style. Yeah, it's kind of like Puyo Puyo and every other match three game on the planet, right? <laughs> it's just you know that's it, or or columns or whatever you want to yeah. call it, right? Whatever, cr- whatever crush saga of the day. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but the other one I wanted to bring up was um, honestly just talking about Samurai Showdown because. Yes, we played a lot of SNK fighters, um, but usually that's the way they would rotate out. I mean, we would play like, oh, okay, here's Fighters History. Like that was one of the early ones I remember playing a lot. Like, okay, we play some Fighters, but we'd always go back to Street Fighter. 
Oh, here's Art of Fighting. Okay, we play some Art of Fighting. Oh, that's cool. We go back to Street Fighter. Um, Samurai Showdown was the first game I remember going like, I don't want to go back to Street Fighter. Right? This game is awesome. And the weapons and the clashing. And you can lose your sword if I hit the button fast enough. And now you don't have your weapon. And I can, you know, you have to go back and get it. Um, I don't know. I mean, there was just something about that game where they added just enough cool things. And it was the first weapon fighter that I can think of that would just had some neat elements that wasn't just here's a guy with a sword right they really thought about it um, and whoever thought of that weapon clash idea we're just hammering those buttons and even on the screen right it's showing you like the yeah. button <laughs> hammer the buttons Tense. and you're just like and then you know somebody loses their sword or whatever and then you're like, oh, I got to get them hurry before they get back to their weapon. And then you just have these crappy, you know, like kicks and pokes and things. Uh, and then, of course, eventually, you know, you had like the 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 rage meter and on some of the later games and whatnot. But just the characters that they came up with, the move sets were familiar enough. They were, I mean, had always been smart enough to take a lot from Street Fighter but a lot of that was they SNK had hired a lot of the people away from Capcom that originally did those games. So it wasn't like we're just going to rip you off. It was a lot of those people came from Capcom to work at SNK and kind of kept that evolution of things going. And um, I just, yeah, to me, Samurai Showdown was the first Street Fighter killer. And I think that's what everybody was looking for in the arcades at that point in time, at least until, you know, Alpha came around. So, so Kelsey, I don't know if your if your house is uh, is safe, but uh, it sounds like you got a little fun going on. It's there. going to explode behind me, yeah. But um, parting thoughts: Do you have any other games or, or franchise or anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah, well, when I got my fourth slide, I just had the uh, Metal Slug Three in it, so I did some research, figure out what I wanted to put in the other three slots, and so I needed a fighter. So. I played a bunch of Samurai Showdown before and World Heroes, and I enjoy both of them, but I, I'd never played King of Fighters, and I'd always heard good things, so I wanted to find one, and I kind of narrowed it down to 97 and 98 being like the favorite in the affordable range on the MBS. Um, so I ended up getting a really good deal on 97, and to, to this day, it's one of my favorite fighting games of all time. Like I, I really got hooked on it. I played it like every day at my store before we opened. Um, just do one run, one quarter, see how far I could get. I eventually had a run that beat it on one quarter, which I was super, super pumped on because that last boss is no joke in that game. <clears throat> um, and so, so who's the Polnick Dream Team? Uh, on 97, it was uh, start off with my, followed up by Andy, followed up with Joe. Okay. Yeah, not, not a crazy, crazy team. Uh, and I've experimented more with characters since then, but, uh, but those three are my staples typically. Um, I really like how Andy moves in particular. He's got that weird, like, spring off his hands across the screen feet first. That would be the least effective move in history, but it's super fun to do. It looks really neat. Yeah. Um, I grabbed uh, Neo Turf Masters, which you mentioned earlier, which. Mm. It's so good. Like like I was saying about Bill, like the sports games are just phenomenal on that system. And I don't know how they made golf like that fun and, and uh, especially against another person too. Like it's really tense co-op. Uh, but the one player mode is really fun too. Like you got to keep doing well enough or you just start losing credits and you just will have to throw another credit in to finish your round even. 
it was pretty intense and a couple of years back the collector cast guys did a little uh, golf tournament in december and the play cast guys yeah and neo turf master was uh was part of that and i had a, had a lot of fun with it i ended up winning with our team and got a little trophy sent in the mail so that game's got a special place in my heart um and then my last one i wanted something really really good head-to-head game and through my research i discovered wind jammers and it it's basically just pong like you you've got a person on both sides who can block this frisbee uh if you get it past them you get a point but there's different uh, characters with different special moves different speeds uh, different throwing strengths there's different courses that uh, have obstacles in them and different size nets and things that make it really fun um just one time out of the blue i had another friend who i got really into it i was i was trying to get uh get this phrase going like when you wanted to come to my store game quest i said let's go jam some wind but <laughs> never caught on except for with this one friend who really liked the game too and he brought in like four buddies like two hours before we opened one day and he's like we're setting up a tournament bracket we're doing a wind jammers tournament and so we had his tournament with like three people i'd never met before a couple guys i knew i kind of knew and then one good buddy and i ended up winning a wind jammers tournament that had no prize or no stakes but it was super super fun um, so those are, those are my, my MVS, uh, shout outs. Um, and for AES, like I, I really like the side scrolling stuff. So magician Lord is a really brutal game, but you get infinite continues. So it's kind of like ghosts and goblins. Like it's just super hard, super unforgiving, but it's short. The music's really good. The, it plays really well. It's got a cool theme. So I really like that game a lot. Uh, cross swords is like a first person, like, yeah like uh like medieval combat kind of game um i've never been able to beat that one um it's really really tough but it's super fun super satisfying and you you like like you know like a space harrier where like that everything's coming at you like the bosses kind of feel space harrier ish um so you gotta like i remember playing that game yeah yeah super fun uh and my son his the first game he ever beat in his entire life four years old it was Ninja Combat on the AAS. Ninja uh, Combat. I don't know how many people. I don't know how many people can say their first game they ever beat was on the AAS. Probably very few. <laughs> so he's got, he's got that going for him. It's not a good game. It is. It's probably, it's probably the worst <laughs> AAS game I own, but it's it's just a beat 'em up themed after ninjas. There's a couple rough beat 'em ups on the on the Neo Geo, but also some classics. That's for sure. For sure. So, Ed, a quick question. Um, so, when you were going through your King of Fighters and you know doing your research to narrow down, um, you mentioned that it's uh, those are the '97 and '98 were some of the best in the realm of affordability. Does that mean there's one that's regarded as the best? But if there's if it's like money is no object. 2002 is is a very sought after one, both for collecting mm-hmm. and for playability. Yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. a big one for a lot of people. Uh, '98, uh, '98, 2002 are typically like the ones that like the, the hardcore fans like fight about which one's the best one. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want the best one for your money, it's no doubt 98, like it's, it's cheap. Um, mm-hmm. which means like under a hundred bucks or at least it was at the time. I don't know what it's going for these days. Uh, okay. whereas 2002, it, like th- think of how expensive AES games were in the early nineties. And now think mm-hmm. 12 years after production yeah. when nobody is buying these anymore, like how rare that game is. Like right. it's insane. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Car, Neo Geo game. <laughs> uh, 
but there there are other ways to play it if you want to play 2002 that are much more affordable but yeah if you want that uh as or mbs card it's going to cost mm. you some bucks are there now uh chris you're the uh the multi-card guru uh mm. is there like the equivalent of an everdrive uh yep. type of device that if you wanted to have that uh plugged directly into your legit hardware yes if i uh would have had some more dollars available to me, which I don't <laughs> right now. Um, I probably would have bought one because there was a Black Friday sale. Oh. But um, a company called Terra Onion out of the out of Europe, they produce a lot of things. And one of the things they produce is something called the Neo SD, which is, as you can imagine, SD flash cart. And they also have something called the Neo SD Pro, um, which is a flash cart that also has like multiple slots. So that way, you know, you don't have to reload every single time you want to play certain games. You can just save them into slots. Um, the Neo SD, the regular one, was just on sale for like 250 euro. And that was Black Friday, which normally I think is like around 330 euro. Uh, don't ask how much the Pro is because, yeah, it's it's that bad. <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, in the 600s. Wow. Um, so, yeah, and I don't think they had a sale on that one. I, I would be fine with the regular Neo SD. Right. Um, maybe if it hadn't, you know, maybe if finances weren't what they were right this minute, I would have probably bid on that. But I'm sure they'll have other Black Friday deals at some point in time. So uh, maybe at some point in time, um, or that or I'll sell some stuff and uh, mm. and I'll get one that way. But that's my route. I've said that before i'll buy a couple affordable games and mm -hmm. then it's gonna be a flash card because i just yeah I, I can't i can't afford to get deep into the aes market right. it's it's crazy kooky so um kind of wrapping things up so first off um it's been a lot of fun talking about this i know we've kind of wanted to talk neo geo for a while so it's kind of nice to get this out there and we'll have to cover some other crazy... I don't know how soon we're going to do a CDI episode. <laughs> Next week, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did it. You missed it. We, it, was, oh. it, was, it was like a minute. It'll, it'll be it'll be a short episode. Don't worry. Now, um, but it's it's fun to talk about this hardware and some of the things that happened and, and some experiences that come along with that. But um, as we kind of start wrapping this up a little bit, um, Kelsey, I know that you had something special that you wanted to talk about before we do our final wrap-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we are going to start launching a Patreon very, very soon, before the next episode. Um, the goal of this Patreon is simply just to improve the quality of the show. So we have low expectations, but if anyone is willing to throw some money to help us out, it's going to go towards things like uh, updating our, our hardware, like uh, get some pop filters on here. If anyone needs a new microphone, we'd love to get the video going more often too. So if we can upgrade some video hardware, some lighting, things like that, that that's the goal of the Patreon is just to reinvest back into the show, make it a little better. So we're going to have some perks, uh, things like a, uh, access to discord channel, Bill and me have talked about doing uh, like a like a Batman kind of like book club, uh, both with books and and movies and TV and stuff like that, um, which I'm pretty excited about to do. Whether you want to be part of it or not, we'll probably start doing that soon anyway. Um, <laughs> I get to talk about a Superman every once in a while. <laughs> Batman and Superman team up all the time for sure, for sure. So next week uh, or next episode, I will have all the details nailed down but we should have that launched before the next uh episode airs and i'm pretty excited um so please keep an eye out for that yeah i mean there's a lot of 
thing, you know, we I'd really at some point in time like to be able to do this show as we do it on Twitch. So there's some, some live interactions as well. So if you can help us move towards that goal, I'm, you know, I'm like Kelsey, I'm not expecting crazy things, you know you got a buck or something you want to chip in you got five bucks you're gonna astound me um yeah. <laughs> you want to go beyond and above that i mean you know i i love it but um you know obviously we're gonna keep doing the show and it's not gonna cost yeah. you a cent but um, yeah. if you feel like you want to to toss in um we would we would certainly appreciate that and then you won't have to hear me reading ads again like i used to so. <laughs> <laughs> at least we had good good sponsors we did so yeah. uh you know maybe if not with sponsors again but anyway yeah. um so, <clears throat> yep so, so i just wanted uh i wanted to thank uh kelsey uh for for really um uh uh taking taking this uh you know kind of to the next level where we've been talking about doing this for a while and uh, uh kelsey's kind of done a real good job putting it together and the planning and the tiers and we have lots of ideas and it's just one of those things that uh uh, we've mentioned that, uh, you know, we've, we've done some things before where we like, we look with the video, like what Chris said, like, we'd like to do more of these things. Um, it's just going to take like a little bit more, you know, um, uh, effort and investment, uh, which, you know, we're doing. And, uh, so like I said, if, you know, if there's a buck, if there's two bucks, um, and I think, uh, Kelsey mentioned that, uh, it's going to be completely transparent. So like whatever money comes in. Uh, you'll see that money coming in, and then if we spend money on something, you'll see that as well. So yeah. we'll just kind of see where that goes. Public and upfront, for sure. Yeah, we'll tell you in the show. I mean, you know, and that, yeah. Um, so wrapping things up a little bit. First off, thanks everyone very much for listening. Um, let's talk a little bit about Kelsey. Um, anything new in the writing world? Just waiting to see if I snag that code for uh, Cyberpunk early or not. I'm just, they put, opened up the requests, uh, and I got contact with a couple of the PR people at CD Projekt Red. So I get, I get to do the (laughs) review for, for our site for Cyberpunk. So I just don't know if I get to get a preview copy or if I have to wait for a retail copy. So I'm just fingers crossed seeing what happens there. Awesome. And tell everybody again where they can find your reviews. Uh, VGcharts.com. Very good. With it, with a Z on the end, because it's extreme. <laughs> like the 90s. Yes. If people want to catch you on Twitter, where can they get you? At Kelsey Polnick, where you yeah. can lately only hear me complain about Akari Warriors. <laughs> Hopefully, I will have something new to post about within the next week. There you go. Bill, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, mainly on Twitter. Um, not complaining about Akari Warriors uh, as much. <laughs> um, but. I know, right? It's uh, they actually they they've warned me. They're like, listen, if you don't increase if you your type Akari Warriors into the GIF search, there's only two, and they're both arcade version. Someone needs up to, to you to make them. It's up to you to make them and submit them, man. It seems that way. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, Bill McGee uh, on Twitter, B I L M C G E E, and uh, yeah. So typically talking about beer, Destiny, dad stuff, uh, you know. But yeah, just stop by and. Uh, Say whatever. Um, as for me, you know, you can. I usually handle the show feed stuff. So cl- at CollectorCast, um, I I do post when we get new shows on Facebook. But I'll be honest, I'm not a real big Facebooker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, catch me on Twitter. Uh, say hi, and um, you know, want to give a quick shout out to our home base, RFGeneration.com. So 
a uh, great website with all the great people, free tools to come and catalog your gaming collection, read some great articles, buy some fun people, participate in some forums if that's your thing and you want to get into it. Um, we've also got a couple sister podcasts on the site. So there's the RF Generation Playcast. Those guys do a monthly game. You can go out there and uh, join in and listen to those guys talk and interact with them through the month about what game they're playing. And if you're into pew-pews, uh, we also have the Shoot the Core cast. So um, you, can, you can listen to those guys. And if you're a high score master or if you're a total novice and you just want to get into playing, I will tell you, a lot of fun. Get yourself involved. They cover everything from you know, some very in-depth things to just some really goofy fun shooters from time to time. So it's not all just you know, bullet hell or, or things that are going to drive you crazy. Um, so, yeah, give our other other shows a listen. Um, stop by, check us out on rfgeneration.com, and we'll catch you in two weeks.